Welcome everyone to the Faded ARPG podcast episode number 122. Today is the day after Christmas. Well, the 27th to be precise, so the day after all the Christmas festivities. So we're back in business. We got time. I hope you guys had a wonderful time with your families. Um, before we go into it, this podcast can only survive with your support. So thanks to everyone who has been supporting. If you just enjoy the free content, watch as much as you can, watch it two times, three times, that's plenty. But if you want to go out of your way to support the podcast, your name is highlighted on the end screen. If you buy a purchase subscription for uh, Twitch, YouTube or Patreon. And now without further ado, here is the co-host Balor Mage. How are you doing, Balor? Fantastic. Only slightly tired. I, uh, we did a lot of streaming for Christmas. I didn't do nothing in real life. We just did a lot of streaming. <laughs> no actual Christmasing. Nope. Damn. Well, in order to have some fresh conversations here, we got a visitor from, uh, well, someone we haven't had on this league at all. Someone who's been visiting our podcast last week, and it's the gentleman Arrow. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm not up to that just yet. You look very, very uh, festive with that uh, Christmas decoration there. Yes, this is like a very a cozy, a cozy space. I enjoy it a lot. <laughs> nice. And, of course, we're also joined by another broadcaster who was here just before the league started. And I always like to have like someone from the pre-league episodes on the league episodes, like during the league, later in the league, to see how the expectations contrast versus experiences and reality. So welcome back, guys. Snoobay85. How are you doing? What's up? Oh, we're going to talk about the league, right? I can't no, wait. no. We're only talking about Christmas. <laughs> Happy holidays. And Christianity. There you go. <laughs> God. <laughs> Uh, nice pun. Oh, wait, was I supposed to say Merry Christmas? I'm sorry. Merry Christmas. You can say whatever you want. I mean, it's over. People people are not going to yeah, New suffer. Year's the next one. You guys already made plans for New Year's? Yes, yeah, stream. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be taking a vacation. Now, yeah. Ditto. That's, uh, that's just the thing to do. Yeah, I'm thinking about it, but we definitely will do a stream the day before because we want to go over all the the fun stuff that happened this year, like a PoE one year, year review recap. What's the word? Both of In German, there's this word. I think recap is the correct word. <laughs> oh. But yeah, what have you been doing over the, the holidays, Balor? If you've only been playing, uh, do, do you already have a new build? Uh, I forget what I was playing last time I was. You did the podcast? I think you were uh, at the point where you had moved on from the Lightning Trapper because it was not as good as you hoped it would be in the endgame. Oh. Since then, we already made an endgame Flame Blast totem build. Yeah, that I remember. Went, that was the that one that you really talked well. about. I like that. It went really well, but not like blow anyone out of the water well. Just like quite good enough to play, definitely good enough to map with. The return of pizza sticks worked, but not like, not like, oh my god, everyone should play this. More of a nostalgia play. Like it's now good enough to play, which is great because it wasn't for a while. Then we moved on. Now I've made uh, MF Pathfinder. 
But I swear I'm only going to play it for a few more days and then I'll give it on and move on to different builds. I, I swear I'm not going to MF for the whole league. <laughs> My chat doesn't believe me. <laughs> well, I thought you were going to farm Ultimatum all league. Yeah, I wanted to. And I still want to. It's still really fun. It's so shit, man. What was the biggest reward in a single round that you ever got? And how many oh, rounds my... do you think you did in total? I, I don't know how many rounds I did in total, but... Thousands? Uh, uh, not Probably not thousands, but... Definitely, maybe, maybe more than a thousand. So, but not thousands. And at the end, not only do I not have enough catalysts for the people that want catalysts in a league with only 100 people playing currently after doing thousands of maps i had enough for about three rings with resistance catalysts i've got tons of the shit catalysts if you just stat catalysts i got like 700 of those like none of, not enough of the good ones and i think the biggest reward i got was maybe I don't know, like 14 chaos or something. I thought you were going to say at least a couple divines once. Oh, no, you're right. I did get a divine twice. I forgot about those. One divine twice. Okay. Not stacks or anything. Grats. Just big grats. Um, I now stand by the same thing I was saying like two podcasts ago. If you're in a softcore trade league and you're fully spec'd into ultimatum, fully spec'd in, you will make more money if you simply walk past it and do another map without even changing your atlas. How <laughs> bad it is. That is. But is that just because Ultimatum's so bad or Affliction is so good? Uh, it's the, well, I mean, it's definitely both, but even without Affliction, it's still that bad. Like even you know, vanilla, was, vanilla maps. At one point, I was going to do 100 maps farming Ultimatum. Because I want, you know, new league mechanic back in. We got to yeah, see um, 100 maps, ultimatum, what kind of profits made. But, you know, you really, you really dampened my spirit on that test run. Without the league mechanic, it would still be so trash. You shouldn't do it. But on top of that, the, they don't get any bug juice. The ultimatum things, they don't get any bug juice because they can't drop loot. So they don't get any of the, the stuff, they don't get any of the buffs at all. I suppose I could do 100 maps ultimatum tests and then 100 maps Alcango run past ultimatum tests. I do it without changing your atlas, but yeah, without instead of doing it in time, Literally. instead of doing it in 100 maps. And with a, a, a hybrid boss or mapper, you know. Do it instead of, instead of doing 100 maps, do 50 maps, but record the amount of time it took you to do those. Oh, maps. Okay. okay. And then do mapping without changing the strategy except yeah. just skipping ultimatum but mm -hmm. for the same amount of time because okay. the ultimatums are double each map right that'll it'll double the time you spend in each map mm -hmm. this yeah long. i'm honestly not going to do that though but <laughs> i've done tens of ultimatums and uh did not enjoy it <laughs> I, I didn't make it. any money by the way i love it it's, I it's so it fun it is so fun, and I really wanted to do it, but every single person I've talked to has said it is the worst money you can make bad. in PoE right now. Yeah. Very bad. I hope they fix it because it's actually super fun and super difficult too. Like it, mm -hmm. it's the kind of like, 
difficult content that I wanted, that I've been asking for, right? It's in my map. I don't have to leave. It's so difficult. It makes me want to build a, a stronger character when I otherwise wouldn't need to. But it doesn't give any rewards. So unless you're into like four mod, double corrupted uh, satin gloves. There's a lot of those. Yeah. Yeah. Watch them do like a major whiplash on us. And uh, it goes from being like literally the worst to literally the best. uh, I'm okay with it. Do it. A day. Give give it the sanctum treatment. Yeah. Give them exactly. Give them the sanctum treatment. It'll um, be the greatest source of raw mirrors in the game. I dare them, please. <laughs> I'm the biggest fan. I want to play it. It's my favorite mechanic. I really <laughs> enjoy it. Make it happen, please. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really like it for the freeze. I don't think I like it for other things as much as other mechanics. Like just the world gameplay? No, but like being able to have that freeze every couple of seconds and talk to chat. We say it all the time on the podcast, but that freeze is just the best feature any leak mechanic has ever implemented for Path of Exile live content creators. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I never stop and talk. I just talk to chat while I'm doing all content and sometimes it kills me. Man of the people. Yeah, you just, <laughs> just sometimes you die. It's just how it is. <laughs> Especially well, this league. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Before we uh, dive into the affliction stuff uh, and all that, we need a little bit of context. Do you want to uh, go first, Arrow, and tell us what you're currently playing? What build are you on, and like what what is the current thing that you're busy with in Path of Exile? Yeah, I'll give you the the history of the last uh, two weeks or so very quickly. I started with Cobra sure. Lash Deadeye, uh, a build that I've league started in the past. Uh, one of my favorite skills in the game. It got a nice buff for early game. And it was going well. And then as soon as I got to tier 16s and turned the juice all the way up, I was like, oh boy, I'm going to need a significant amount more damage than I have in leagues past to kill these, Mm -hmm. you know, triple empowered essences and things. So uh, I played that for a while, completed my Atlas, uh, went to Hexblast, cast on crit, uh, Pathfinder. It was my first bow cast on crit build and POB didn't have any of the gems. So I was flying completely blind. Uh, it ended up being a struggle for me to get it going. I got to like 10 million damage. It was a fun build, but then we rolled off. I did Power Siphon uh, Locust Mines, which was phenomenal. I uh, spent about 20 Divines and took on all non-Uber content, blasted the feared, uh, farming super juiced AK Wisp maps, um, and made a bunch of currency. And now I'm playing Frostblink, uh, triggered by Azanaths with a bow to boss rush because boss rush materials are unbelievably cheap and yep. uh boss rush loot is incredibly valuable because everyone's just magic finding and spending 45 minutes on a map so we are we are heading on to to boss rush nice. ah, no, try I to get juice it. up the bosses with the empowerments and everything just going to do uh no we're going to skip the league mechanic just going to do harbinger rush i have a video from last league that i did on mm-hmm. this and the Harvey uh, Sextons are, I think, eight chaos right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, I mean, it's easily going to be like 10 to 12 div per hour easily. Uh, that's what it was last league. And now invitations are 100 C. So it's probably going to be closer to 15, which is pretty wild. What nice. are fracture orbs at now? I knew a few days ago there were 14 divines apiece. 
Yeah, last I saw, I think there were record. 13, but I don't know what they're at. But yeah, we're going to be doing uh, some printing of that. I'm checking hmm. it right now. Fracturing orbs are 3,000 chaos. It looks Any like. Quick math, anyone? I, I don't know what that is. Isn't that like. <laughs> Uh, 15 divines yeah 15 divines yeah yeah, yeah this is probably it'll probably divines. be closer to 20 divines if that's the case because i i think i was getting like five fracture shards per hour as just like one of the many mm -hmm. ways i was making currency yeah uh, just so. for context it, the fracture orbs are never i mean basically never worth more than eight or nine divines in any given league and it usually takes a while to climb up to that at this point i think it would normally be like six or seven six divines. ish would be yeah. yeah um for the past few leagues but uh i think i know why they're incredibly expensive because i did actually farm harbinger but i think it has everything to do with the fact that harbinger specific rewards are not affected by the league mechanic they're one of the <laughs> it's one of the few things it's not impacted by the league mechanic at all. And Harbinger is favored for non-wandering path mapping, which this is a league where everybody's trying to do wandering path, whether through the Exarch altar, zero investment stuff, or extreme ends of juicing stuff. So it's just not being played. Yep. I I I I agree, but also you've the one other point that makes them more expensive is just that everybody who's doing the mf stuff has significantly more money than normal yeah and then that's that's that inflation factor in the, the economy this economy is pretty crazy for sure yeah if they have a ton of money and they don't want to stop what they're doing then the things they want to buy fractured items to make fraction orbs to start making like perfect gear just go up in price yeah yeah hmm just so I might have to look into that. My favorite, so <laughs> I've been very excited. I've been telling people, um, there's been a lot of all of you have probably got this. There's been a lot of in chat. Oh, I don't like MF. I hate that this is an MF league, which is like a little interesting to me because it feels like the wrong thought path. Like, instead, you don't have to MF this league. You absolutely do not have to MF this league. You are not trolling if you don't MF this league. Like, it's fine. But what you're going to do is think about what everybody wants. And if the meta is MF, one, you can juice the content without MF, it's still fine. But two, there's a whole bunch of things the MFers want that they're not providing themselves. You can provide that, make tons of money. Yeah, absolutely. I also was making a lot of money juicing without Magic Find. Just doing like oh, yeah. legions in Jungle Valley, I was dropping a Raw Divine every other map. Nice. I mean, it's, you can make a lot of money without Magic Find because I am, I am definitely one of those people who doesn't enjoy Magic Find. Uh, Baylor and I talked about this a little bit before, but mm -hmm. I, I don't, I don't enjoy the limiting factor of Magic Find on build creation. So, I find myself very quickly getting bored of you. You know, you you become limited to a number of skills. You become limited to a number of items, uh, and it's just just doesn't excite me quite as much as it used to. Yeah, I, I, of course, I've gotten a few of those messages, but I think I'm somewhat immunized from the sort of magic, uh, the, how should we say, the magic find hater crowd. I don't see very many of them in my Twitch chat because <laughs> I can't imagine why they're, they're not going to watch what I'm doing for very long. Uh, if that's the case, I mean, I'm usually, you know, cordial about anyone that comes in and, uh, 
occasionally somebody or maybe YouTube comment randomly or something. Uh, but um, yeah, up front, before anyone even asked or inquired about it, I was telling people just straight up, you, like you said, Valor, you really don't need to have this is an incredible league because yes, while it is exceptionally good for Magic Find and that you could say, you, we could declare this is a Magic Find meta league. It's it actually is, really but... good on the other end of the spectrum. It's still really good. And Magic Find builds have are being tested to a much greater degree than ever before. And in the case of me, you know, like Arrow said, kind of uh, restricted on build choices and I'm using an off-meta Magic Find build and I'm not really able to juice to my heart's content in T16. I'm not able to do it. So I'm forced to... I have a few options there. I can either reduce the juice. I can uh, just do the league mechanic less, deliberately leave before I overpower it too much, or I can drop the tier and suffer the loss of Awakened Sextants, Valdo puzzle maps, um, forgotten tomes and log books at the proper level, a few other things. And that's what I've been doing. And that's probably one of, one of the biggest, you know, I, I made, I put a video out on Cemetery 7, Tier 7 farming and uh, a lot of people still don't, don't know this, so I should probably tell, let the community know that uh, doing the league mechanic in a major way at a low tier map seems to be uh, the best option because unlike so many other mechanics and league mechanics, this specific league mechanic does not suffer from what we should call low low map tier syndrome or whatever. It, you still get ample rewards. You don't just get ample rewards. You seem to get identical degrees of juice in a lower tier map that you would get in a higher tier map. So really the only loss is the Eldritch Altars, Eldritch Minions, which yeah. is impactful. The Awakened Sexton, Faldo's Puzzles, and that's about it. There's really not a whole lot left. I yeah. In, in my mind when I'm looking at it, I'd say you lose about 30%-ish. Which, if you're literally running like a white map compared to a tier 16, but you're doing full juice on it. it seems and that's, like also assuming, less. that's also assuming in a vacuum that you're able to clear the tier 16 map at the exact yeah. same rate with the exact same level of efficiency that which you would is, a tier 7, which literally nobody can, even if they're running a 30 mirror build. Nobody can do that, especially this league. So you are going to be slowed down at least a little bit. It if you have an amazing build, it may mean you don't brick the map either way. So you can absolutely justify doing high tier maps for that reason. Uh, but there's no way in hell you're going to clear the map quicker and easier uh, on a tier 16 on any build whatsoever, uh, match find or not. And so that is a factor to be taken into account. And for me, in my case, when my build was about 200 divines invested, maybe 300 divines invested, uh, I would, I, willingly got hypothetically let's say like you said 30 percent less loot by dropping from t16 to t7 except that uh i stopped bricking maps say 10 percent of the time and i stopped having you know another 10 percent of maps partially bricked and i stopped having the occasional map that took me 20 minutes to complete because i had to run my ass off <laughs> to try and not die and lose the sixth portal Oh, yeah. And when you do the math on that, apparently uh, I come out like, I don't know, 50% more loot and in like 40% less time. And then suddenly the math equation just completely shifts entirely and it, it just becomes a no-brainer uh, that should be running lower tier maps. And I would say, I would suggest to almost anyone listening, that's probably the best idea. 
I just want to put yeah, a no. finer point on that. The the speed at which you run a map is as important, if not more important, than what is dropping in the map. If you are running a super juice tier 16 and it takes you 25 minutes to complete it, I've already done 35 Harbinger boss rush maps. And it's it's efficiency is is king in, in PoE, right? Like everybody knows that how much money you're making per hour. Everybody wants to know that. But the per hour is how fast you're running your maps. And the the super juice tier 16s that you have to fight each rare for 30 seconds, you're not making any money if you're investing a ton and taking forever to do your maps. So definitely mm -hmm. try out the lower tier map farming if you're if you're taking a long time to do your tier 16s. Plus another factor that I like to bring up is like something like I guess friction or frustration because when you play content that regularly kills you where you regularly have to discard maps or like abandon maps because you can't complete them um it just puts a toll on your mental i don't know about you guys because you guys seem to be happy to play path of exile for 10 hours every day <laughs> non-stop but for me sometimes i play a three or four hour session and i'm burned out and i don't want to continue right right but um yeah, but if, if you make it as pleasant as possible for yourself, then you can also continue to keep up that currency per hour strat for a longer time, which ends up giving you, big surprise, more currency. <laughs> yeah, if you're a grinder, you want to get into the zone. You can't get like into the zone where you're basically operating on autopilot. And you know, as a content creator, what that means is actually able to communicate with your community <laughs> while you're playing. That's what that actually looks like for us. Uh, but for for the regular person, that what that looks like is they're they're playing a the game. They're just completely mind off somewhere else, thinking about other things. Um, you know, maybe maybe they're literally watching a TV show on the second monitor, listening while, to this podcast. Or this podcast, yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Uh, while they're mapping, and you know, I think everybody enjoys being challenged and tested. And we all like the early league start process where we try to get away with murder by, you know, uh, scraping by doing harder content than what we're maybe ready for because we can kind of overtake it with skill as opposed to gear. Uh, but then everyone, you know, rather quickly wants to reach a place where they're in the zone and and they're just clearing oh, content yeah. easily. We want to feel that amazing power spike and, and yeah, make the content harder, but make ourselves even stronger uh, re in spite of that. And yeah, that, that's the way everybody enjoys playing, I think. Right. Um, I'm sorry if I actually missed it. You mentioned you invested 200 divines into your build, uh, but what what build are you exactly playing, Snube? Are you uh, on your tornado mm. shot or? Oh yeah. Um, all right. So a little backstory on that. I I figured out in the past. I don't know, like half a dozen leagues. I would have probably had a better league start if I just um, skipped straight to enraged strongbox and tried to farm it with like a minimalist toxic rain character. Uh, toxic rain like on a quill rain and some magic fine pieces i mean we're talking like real junky gear maybe maybe a couple few divines worth of gear five link at best not six not link. trash yeah and i i realized now after playing the game for a while i could totally get away with that like i mentioned earlier can i get away with murder by you know uh we're having less gear than what should capable be capable of doing mm -hmm. and that was kind of my thinking going into the league and i knew that i could elevate that build further by shifting into caustic arrow as i got like a widow hail bow and a really nice double dot multi quiver 
And if we could turn that into a real high efficiency farmer, tier six teams, delirium and even beyond. And I knew that Caustic Arrow with a decent amount of investment, say, I don't know, 40, 50 divines plus, uh, would be able to clean up beyond, uh, at least outside of delirium, very quickly, like before it even had a chance to spawn and move. And I know how good beyond is uh, generally for juicing. So I got to think that would be a pretty nice route. And then, you know, I could shift out of that into lightning arrows or tornado shot or something uh, into mirrors and mirrors of investment. So that was my plan, but that got absolutely wrecked when uh, we, we discovered that the league mechanic was the most impactful thing you could do. And it made monsters incredibly tanky, especially to so 16. So that kind of ruined my plan because my plan was highly specialized in understanding that monsters have only a certain amount of health and a certain amount of damage at this level. Yeah. You'd, so you'd practiced got, exactly yeah. the amount of damage required yeah. and not a single bit more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and it wasn't nearly enough. Uh, now, I I got creative and I worked in the Gullhelm and the Blunderbore and forced Gloom Shrines on every map and uh, managed to absolutely rip apart tier 16 juice maps with wisps um, in cemetery where I could make use of a full-time gloom shrine and you know like seven other shrine effects on average <laughs> in the map and I could make that work uh, and it was fun because you know if I died it would make that really hard to finish but that's okay that was one with harbinger and strong box involved uh, but then after that I discovered hey wait a minute if I if I don't have really have enough damage on this build to do this content, what about doing lower tier maps? I started asking around. There was a few rumors floating around. This is like a, over a week ago. And I, I began to test that. And, and it was an absolute eureka moment. Uh, I realized, oh, my build's not capable of doing tier 16 with this league mechanic. But it is capable of doing tier 7 with the, this league mechanic. And I don't have to put a gloom shrine on. I don't have to go shrines. I don't have to go non-wandering path. I could do beyond. I could do delirium. I could do the full spectrum uh, of maximizing everything. I could do all wing scarabs. I could feel good about it. And basically never brick a map and play in the zone, like we said. Yeah. And that's what I've been doing for a while. And, you know, I've already farmed up well over a mirror now. So uh, we'll be making that switch to Tornado Shot and get back into Tier 16, hopefully uh, continuing that, what I was doing. Wing Scarabs on a Tier 7 map just makes my Feels wrong, hurt. right? <laughs> yeah. I can't oh, it's definitely not online, wrong. But... <laughs> it's definitely not the wrong decision. I can promise you that. I believe you see the that, price of wing scarabs. That's the thing. If it I was know. the wrong decision, we'd both be happier about it, <laughs> right? <laughs> like it shouldn't be the right decision. Yeah, I I used one wing scarab in a hundred maps, one relic winged reliquary scarab, and the rest was gilded and then polished. And I dropped three hundred more wing scarabs in a hundred maps, so I over sustained <laughs> wing scarabs in our last hundred map test. Triple. Okay. Triple. Now I got a little lucky. I got a I got an unusual amount of wing scarab conversions. I had one monster drop ninety three wing scarabs uh, in a tier oh, seven yeah. map. Indeed, that that's probably the biggest highlight so far of my league. But uh, the point remains: everybody's wanting to use wing scarabs, but they're dropping so much that the supply is actually outweighing the demand. So there's huge supply and he and there's huge supply and big demand right now. And there's actually more supply than demand. Because they're nice. just the conversion loot's off the chain with the purple wisp juice, purple combined with yellow. People yeah. strike gold with those conversions. I mean, it is. I think <laughs> the the demand being low is simply the fact that people aren't used to buying winged scarabs. The vast majority of players don't use winged scarabs. Mm -hmm. And I think that might change as they, if they are reasonably priced, we might get more. I barely people. even 
I barely even check when I'm in trade leagues. Same. Because I'm solo, and solo, even solo MF most of the time isn't using winged scarabs. I've had times when I do, but like most of the time, you're not using winged scarabs. I don't even usually look at the prices. Yeah, the only time I look at the prices is when I have a bunch and I need to liquidate them. It's like, because, you know, every winged scarabs is usually around like 70, 75 chaos. But you're saying they're significantly cheaper than they are usually right now? Yeah, they're like, uh, well, they, they cost different depending on which one, but you can turn yeah, them absolutely. over to the harvest juice anyway. So it's, it's effectively, they're all essentially about the same price. No, but it's like Ambush, Abyss, Divination, and Reliquary are above 50C. And then there's a huge gap and like Cartography, Harbinger, Beastiary are all less than 35C, which is insanely low compared to previous leagues. Well, yeah, what I end up doing is I go on the bulk trade site. I plug a divine orb. I'm gonna I'm gonna buy something with divine orbs, and then I plug in. I type winged in the filter, and I literally just select every wing that I can. You can't select them all. It'll say too many things selected, but almost every wing scarab. And I'll, I'll type bulk, you know, minimum 20 or something. And you know, a lot of times these are bots that are flipping scarabs or whatever, but uh, they will be, you know, three to one, four to one right now on the price of the cheaper one. And I'll just buy like 100 or 200 at once, and then I'll buy five divines worth of red yeah. juice, harvest juice, and I'll just turn them all over at once and turn them over into the four that I want to run. And, I, you know, I've done calculations back. I don't check, double check every time, but pretty sure statistically it's going to uh, favor, favor me doing that with a limited amount of time it takes to do it. And uh, that's how I kind of sustain mine. That's where I go to buy them. And yeah, most leagues, it's not really... For most leagues, most players, it's never really worth using wing scarabs for a solo farm. Uh, I, I do think in most leagues it becomes worth it if you are maximizing the map juicing and, and magic finding, and you actually have like a real, real strong magic find character to the hilt, like almost 100% quant, 300% rarity on your character kind of thing. And quite often it is actually worth it then. Uh, but no, this league, it's, it's totally worth it. it I mean, I'm pretty sure that even if I had zero magic find, it would be worth putting a Reliquary Scarab on the map because it's just absolutely nuts how much stuff. And it's something yeah. I want to test. I actually want to test two strategies back-to-back, -back, one with my magic find character, one I'm going to take all that gear off. And I, I do want to see the difference on there. A lot of people are curious what's going to happen. But um, that isn't that kind of test isn't going to come out in the real near future. i got so many other things. Now, this league's a blast. So you know, there's a lot of different content I want to make this league. Uh, it's definitely a league for me. So I'm grateful for that. Nice. Yeah, it seems like there's plenty of things to do. I like I haven't played that much because this Christmas I really needed to, to socialize, but I, I definitely want to still make a, a speed map runner and uh, and try some of those low, low map currency farm strats. What would you suggest like for anyone? Because we talked about this before, right? And I get you guys have already driven the point home that you don't need to be a high-end player. But specifically, we had a comment under the last podcast that I see with a similar sentiment, like all over the place, somewhere on Reddit, somewhere on Twitter, uh, people saying that divine explosion and such is only for high-end players. Most players get nothing out of affliction except insanely tanky and rippy monsters. Um. That's I got yeah. I got some screenshots from some like non MF more casual players from my chat in low red maps with like eighteen div around him in just like an owl can go while progressing. Yeah, I mean so, that can yeah. always happen. 
that's, so, that's uh, insane. 18. 18. I, not 80. 18. Yeah, no, it was 18. Still pretty, pretty much. Oh, that's it? Still it's a number that's red. big enough that you look at the screen and you're like, I'm not sure how many that is. You can't instantly, like... <laughs> yeah. I think the divine explosions are going to be significantly more common if you're doing high juice, but that doesn't mean the league mechanic isn't as profitable. You can still make a ton of money with smaller explosions more often. And yeah. just because you're not doing the six man group play 80 divine Empyrean strategy doesn't mean that you can't make a ton of currency when a mob drops, you know, 15 chaos and, and an exalt in a divine. That's still very good. And it probably took you 10 seconds to kill it instead of uh, the, the, the Uber juice stuff. So uh, there's so much money to be made for, for players who aren't doing top tier magic finding that uh, I just think, I think honestly it's on us as content creators to give, to give strategies, to give ways to make currency and kind of break that perspective. Yeah, I, I, I'll make a comment on that. So I understand where that sentiment comes from. And a lot of what I said already kind of addresses that a little bit with moving down the tier. But uh, to such a person who is farming tier 16, struggling with league mechanic, first of all, obviously it's something you need to practice at, looking up YouTube videos, how to do it good. I know Tuna came out with a video a, a while back, uh, kind of detailing uh, some of the things to think about when you're in the Wisp realm to try to maximize that. Um, that, that is absolutely content worthy of seeking out for people who are yep. struggling on it, uh, if you're only getting one or two thousand wisp power in total, you're not you're you're not doing it right. You you can you can absolutely get more than that on average. Um, I would I would say shoot for four thousand plus, uh, four five six thousand on average, and then you're doing pretty good. Um, and it's that may not be the mark either. I mean that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, where, where I'm at right now after doing a lot of practice with it. So practicing the league mechanic, getting good at it, understanding how, how it all works uh, to get a decent amount of wisp juice. And because that, the reason is because that is truly more impactful than anything you do with scarabs, anything you do with sextants, anything you do with your atlas, that really is a bigger factor than anything. So that is kind of paramount to do. That. And it's a new league, new league mechanic, new things to explore. So it should be fun uh, for most people to, to get good at that. And then, after is it that, very, I would, uh, sorry if I may interject, is it very complicated? Yeah. Like it's a long tuna video, but is there like a way to just paraphrase the, of, the three more important takeaways or something like that? Yeah, there's a lot of idiosyncrasies in it. Uh, you don't have to dive too deep into the nuance of it, but you're trying to find events and you're trying to follow trails and you're trying not to backtrack. Uh, you know, you're trying not to just blow through the, 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 what, what do you call it? The, the darkness without chasing anything. Uh, it is right. not time-based. It is darkness-based. So like however much you push away. So you can literally AFK for an hour and it's not going to mean anything in there. I believe so anyway. That's that's something I've used a lot, by the way. <laughs> I'll just stop <laughs> yeah. downstairs to shoot around me, make sure nothing's there. And then I'll yeah. have like path of building or like look at somebody, some link from chat or like do so. I'm just in the middle of my map downstairs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'll just finish the point real quick. So imagine you're somebody who's getting a one or two thousand juice. Then you start practicing. You get pretty good at it. You get three, four, five thousand wisp power every time you're doing T16. Suddenly the map's a little too hard for you to do. Your characters, you know, a few divines invested. The juice is a little too much and you're struggling with it. What I would say is I would suggest um, try doing something like Cemetery at its baseline tier, like tier four Cemetery. Continue doing the wisp realm as best as you can. Throw on a gold worm, one Ventor's Gamble, and one gold flask. Replace one flask, replace one ring, replace your boots. If you could manage to do those three things, 
you're you are straight up magic finding at that point like you actually have enough quantum rarity on your gear that you're going to make you're going to see meaningful differences there remember this is all diminished returns on those stats so that you get way more out of it with a very limited amount of investment in that and i know some people are going to say but my build i can't change my boots out but i can't change one of my rings out. there's probably something you can change out at least one little thing maybe a divination display flask i don't know uh but yeah take it down to tier four throw a couple of things in there polished gilded scarabs whatever get a reliquary scarab in there whatever strat i mean strat's not super important if you do the league mechanic right put a couple pieces of magnifying gear on and do really any strat at all where you're not breaking the map you're gonna see some magic you're gonna see some magic this league and it's gonna be a lot of fun i think we could even turn we could turn even the most vehement magic find haters into magic find lovers uh, this league potentially if they were just uh Go a we'll little see. bit out of their way to strategize in a way that I'm I'm talking about here. So yeah, tier four maps it. really. Like, yeah, I'd, tier four. One, in my brain, one, I'd want to do at least tier eight, so that's so, like I level seventy five, so I can drop. Uh, like, yeah, good yeah, yeah. Bells. So in in tier and four, I think you a lot of people up, would think that you would give up the raw mage blood, raw headhunter uh, drop, but you would still get brother's gifts and brother's stash if it's a tier four cemetery. You still get those. And you still get virtually everything else. You start there. You know, if it's fine, it's easy. Go ahead, bump it up to tier seven. Bump it up to tier eleven. Realistically, if you're doing the tier seven farm right now, if you could do the tier sixteen farm just as quick, if you could, it would be worth losing. You'd lose like ten percent chance for the spire. You gain a bunch of other stuff. It would be worth it. There's no reason not to go up tiers. It'll be slightly better every time it's just not better by nearly enough to be worth slowing you down that much like your character would have to be able to go zoom straight through it at the same yeah. speed and then it would be worth going up if it slows you down by 10 percent, you probably maybe even but now you're dying and and now it's annoying and now you've got to pay more attention and it just became harder but you didn't make any more money if it slows you down by more than that, you're losing. You might as well get down tears. <laughs> like it's just this is how it is. Which also is my least favorite magic find position, by the way. I actually personally dislike it a lot when you when going down to lower tiers is the correct thing to do. What was your take on Scourge League when the meta was tier uh, tier three tower, then it was tier seven, then it was tier ten. I think I never did any of it. I was in tier sixteen the whole time. I'm doing the same, the same thing now. I'm in full MF gear. Well, not full MF gear. I'm in half MF gear because I was if I was in full MF gear, I wouldn't be able to do it. <laughs> and now and I'm in tier sixteens because I just like it better. But I'm not telling people to go up there with me. <laughs> like it's that's just because I want to be in tier sixteens, and I'm just willing to make less. It's I agree with your sentiment there. I do, I do agree with your sentiment. I, maybe I'm more willing to drop down if I see the advantage is there. Uh, but um, I, I've always said my literally my favorite core mechanic that's ever been introduced since Ultimatum was the Eldritch Altar system. And what that did is that basically forced all magic finders who would rightly use low-tier maps to farm, whether it was Nemesis 3 farming before or after that, they had to take a hard look in the mirror and say, whoa, 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 I'm giving up a lot by farming these low tier maps. Maybe I need to actually, you know, aspire mm. 
use this do take this opportunity to try and do aspirational magic finding content by magic finding in tier in red maps and have to push it up a notch and do that to get more out of the maps and that was the right move uh not this league maybe <laughs> but generally that is the right move so i that in my opinion is an example of a great league not league mechanic core mechanics introduced in the game that uh creates aspiration doesn't nerf directly nerf what people are already doing but creates new aspirational content yep. for those people so they could work up to that and get way way greater rewards by hitting a certain benchmark it's not a linear progression point it's actually like a benchmark progression point we can actually see a goal in mind and you can shoot for it and succeed at it and that is why my favorite core mechanic is the eldritch altar system I find it kind of intriguing that, like, Balor, you specifically just said you don't want to go down. and But, like, building a Magic Find character in the first place is already compromising, like, the build strength for, for you know, just consistency of drops or, like, quantity yeah. of drops overall, right? And so isn't it kind of doing the same when you're going down a couple of tiers? When you're, well, like, sacrificing... Kind of doing the opposite, though. Are you sacrificing the maximum drops that you could get for getting more consistently and like faster oh. clear, right? Right. So it's the it's, it's not about the drops. I am yes, I magic find a lot. I do a lot of degenerate magic find shit as well. Probably not as much as Snoo, but <laughs> but still quite a lot. But for me, it's not the magic find first. It's the hard content first. It's not the profit first. It's the fun first. I do the magic find because it's fun, not because it's profitable. I, it happens to be that the thing I enjoy doing is also very profitable. That's great. But I don't want to be in low tier. I don't want to be doing unjuiced things, at least when I'm in trade league. When I'm in trade league, I want to be doing four gilded scarabs and preferably 60, 80, or 100% delirious. And I want it to be in tier 16s. And I want to put the altars on it. And I want to make it as difficult as I can. And then the challenge is to build my character with as much quantity as I can possibly fit into it while still being able to do the most difficult content, which is usually what drives me to keep playing it and make upgrades, because otherwise if I wasn't doing the most difficult content, I wouldn't need a character that strong. Or if I wasn't doing magic find, then I can normally build a character that can do all content very cheap and then I'm bored because the content wasn't hard enough. Sorry, I'm curious. Someone asked, to what extent do you want that to take place and you be able to kind of mentally zone out, do it? So how easy or how difficult do you really want it? Do you want it to be so hard that you have to like laser focus on the map in order to do it? I do you want to would like it if I could juice my maps to the point where over the course of the entire league, I still wouldn't be able to make my magic find character strong enough to do them. I would like it if I could put so much juice in my map that I have to start pulling quantum rarity back out of my build to put power back in. That's how hard I want them to be. It doesn't get that hard right now, even now, but but I would I would like that to be the case. Well, it seems kind of impossible seeing that you said that your process is to start at your very juicy character and then see how much you can replace of the juice with magic find gear in order to like still be able to do the top yeah. end content so if, if you started with that approach and the top end content was just harder then you'd just be able to fit less magic find into it but you'd still be able to do the hardest content well I'm, no because i mean i'm I'd... curious 
I'm curious where Arrow sits on that uh, that same question. To what extent do you want it to be easy versus challenging to the point we have to go laser focused for maximum rewards? I I approach the game a little bit different than Baylor. I the thing that drives me these days to play Poe is creating new ways to play the game, whether that's mm-hmm. creating a new uh, currency making strategy like that Harbinger boss rush thing. I got so much fun out of that, and that requires nothing. You can do that on any character as long as you can clear one Harbinger and kill a tier sixteen map boss. Uh, you can you can do that strategy and make a bunch of money, and that's fun. And then making a character that uh, maybe isn't the most powerful, but can do all of the content that I wanted to do, whether it's a build that's designed to farm Legion and it's good at Legions, or a build that's designed to kill a boss, you kill bosses. Um, I like creating targeted builds towards targeted content. So there's not that like generic power fantasy of getting as much power as I can uh, to do the most difficult content. Because sometimes I do like to do you know, Delhi mirror, full juice, uh, gilded scarab, whatever farming. Uh, but I don't like to do that all the time. Uh, I just, I tend to burn out. So, and I also play a new character once every four or five days throughout the league. Uh, I've played 20 plus builds the last few leagues. Um, so creation and new things is what's fun to me. Like I killed, uh, Exarch on void sphere last, last league. Uh, that was fun void sphere. Uh, before they made a real void sphere gem, which now exists. Um, so I just, I approach the game very differently. Now I still want to make a lot of currency. I still want to do difficult content, but I tend to like create new goals for myself and, and, and yep. try to take those down with something new. How do you actually feel about like leveling new characters? You'll enjoy like the, the little mini race of it, the, the meta of I, that, or I am not a racer. Um, I don't enjoy the pressure of trying to go fast for the first <laughs> I have I have a I have a, I have strong feelings about this. I don't enjoy the pressure of trying to get to maps in uh I don't know two and a half versus three and a half hours when you're going to play that character for 300 hours. It's it's to me, unless you're actually in a race environment, it's very silly to put that pressure on yourself and treat it as if you're racing against someone when you're going to then sit in your hideout after you're done getting to maps for five hours and craft gear and the reality is it's not that important uh in the grand scheme of your character how quickly you get through the the story so uh leveling to me is just something sometimes i i speed level i'll do hollow palm uh sometimes i'll i'll one of my mods likes to run me through as fast as possible he'll do like drop portals and we'll see if we can get under two hours that's fun sometimes i level with whatever skill i'm using and just see if i can do it um so i like to just change it up and and turbo leveling is not something that's super important to me Mm -hmm. off meta is something that's important to you it's not it's not just that it's off meta it's that something that's it's a it's not solved if something is solved like i'm not going to go back and play poison seismic because it's solved not because it's Mm -hmm. whether or not it's meta uh i like to have a challenge because i've been playing this game for so long i've been playing so many different things for so long that it actually is starting to become difficult for me to find new challenges, which is why I make movement skill builds every single league. It's how I ended up discovering Hydrosphere uh, a while back because yeah, I, I, I need something new. This league, you have this like Christmas Day for you. Every, I'm overwhelmed. Every so many new things. <laughs> yeah. you, you said this yeah. league is for you. I was like, I feel the exact same way. There are so many gems that manner, I have yeah. on a list to try. Um, 
unfortunately, some of the ones I was really excited about have already kind of blown up and been and been uh, popularized by you know some of the biggest creators. Mm-hmm. But um, like at the end of last league, I wanted to play Penance Brand. I was really excited. I was like, I'll just play it early next league. <laughs> well, it seems mm-hmm. that Penance Brand has been uh, started it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but I, I still I, I'm still gonna play it. I have a I have an idea for a way to to scale the damage that I'm pretty excited about. But um, yeah, this league is is completely overwhelming to the point where. I am paralyzed by not knowing what to do next. And I often sit in POB and I half do an idea. Yeah. And I'm like, somebody will will say something in chat about this other skill gem. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. I wanted to do that too. And then I'll do an hour of POBing for that. So I have 40 ideas that have 10% effort. <laughs> and I really need to just start like sticking to start uh, memory leaking from too many POBs <laughs> open at once. Yeah. <laughs> Right. That actually sounds great. Okay. I want to make so many builds. Just I'm stuck MFing. Somebody make me stop MFing. You can at any time you can stop. The first the first step is admitting you have a problem. And then But this is how bad the problem is. I'm in a private league. I'm not in trade. Oh man. So that the money is a you problem then. This is pure grade. Is but it's more needed. This it's league. not even just the, the private league. It's not even dopamine it's, anymore. It's, it's methamphetamine now. It's not even just the private league. It's a private league where all things are shared. I didn't find a divine. We found a divine. <laughs> There's like a hundred and something of us, and all of it is shared. Yeah, but like in a trade league, there's. There's like too much of everything, right? Like everything in excess. But for you in, tr- in in a private league, especially when it's all shared, there's never enough divines, never enough chaos orbs. Like you can all put them to good use. So actually, I'm effing in your private league is more valuable than it is That's in trade. No, don't stop. What are you doing? <laughs> this is not helpful. <laughs> Stop. I'm just I'm not saying you have to MF. I'm just saying it's good that someone MFs in the private league. <laughs> we've got everyone's MFing in the private league yeah see then it's maybe not that important that you do We're it running out of, we don't even have good venters left or anything <laughs> yeah t- uh, time time to MF uh, for more venter drops <laughs> well also just another oh, side note on the magic find thing I also don't think that I have a lot to add to magic find because the goal of it is always to make the most amount of currency that you can or more currency. So if I, if, you know, if snoo is playing a uh, tornado shot magic find, and then I'm like, Hey, come check out my uh, vortex cast on crit magic find build that makes half of the money. Why would I ever encourage someone to play my less efficient version? When people say I do magic find, I send them to the magic finders. And I say, they got great stuff. You're going to want to do that. Don't play my build and add magic find to it because it needs every item that it has to make it work. And I I just, I don't feel like I have as much to add to. uh, Maybe only it makes, maybe it makes only half the amount of currency power. But if it like, if you can get into it at like a fraction of the cost, if it like, you know, 10% investment to get started, then that would still be useful for people. Apparently, I I get what you're saying. We've seen a couple builds out of nowhere show up this league the chieftain fulcrum thing and then i know kobe's working on lightning strike that looks extraordinarily good um he's kind of out of left field i did lightning strike mf last league ironically and 
it wasn't you know it, it was one of those things hey let's just cut your efficiency in half and do it uh but it was it did excel at ghosting because it couldn't kill the ghosts very quickly so there's that <laughs> uh, on uh yeah the silver lining there but yeah i do think there is something there but you're, you're right arrow it's uh it's it's a bit restricted and, and it certainly helps to really know the magic finding metas inside and out which i used to but i don't try to anymore, tackle that so. on just I, yeah. the one if thing else is sorry go ahead go ahead for for me it's always like people say that like magic finding is just about making the most amount of money but i can't drive home how much i don't actually like prioritize making the most amount of money at all and i never have the magic mind find for me is because i already knew how to make too much money and so i don't enjoy bossing i just don't enjoy bossing at all i want to map but since i already have played way too much and can make too much money it's so easy to make a mapping build any mapping build clear anything super super well if you just put enough money in it and magic find is the way to make my character weaker and therefore the same thing as making my content harder but without just taking a piece of gear off or just making my character more shit because like yeah sure i can make a shitter character but like then they're just like why haven't you upgraded that why is it why is this so bad right like it, it doesn't sounds like it doesn't dad. feel the same whereas i can put a bunch stumbling. of magic find you're, in you're stumbling <laughs> into the age-old debate about you know where did magic find come from what was its purpose at conception and yeah i mean it, i think most people can agree that uh, it's an endeavor to weaken yourself in partially in order to get more drops and to try and find a balance in terms of efficiency of doing that of course that's all goes all the way back to the diablo games mm -hmm. or maybe even further back than that i don't know but uh, that's when i started exploring magic find as a concept uh many years ago it made perfect sense to me i never had anything against it i, I thought it was honestly i thought it was kind of a brilliant concept um, i do understand people's issues with it being restrictive on gearing so you can kind of you can imagine a world where maybe instead of certain key unique pieces of gear are the best gear for magic finding rather than that you would have an a wide variety of different modifiers that could roll on rare pieces that would give you a little bit of quantity here, a little bit of rarity there. And would, would you sacrifice tier one chaos res for 3% quant or something like that? You know, you just have a little bunch of little micro decisions like that on a wide variety of different gear. That would probably be a lot more interesting. Uh, but we are stuck with, you know, things like gold worms being the yeah. de facto best boots for magic finding anything. But, uh, I, I do think in principle, conceptually, I really do like the concept of magic finding. I think I'm going to say something about magic find I've never said before that I never thought I would say. In a, I, it's a safe space. Here it comes. I, I think I could do with, I think, not in a vacuum. It couldn't just happen now. But I think I could do without magic find being a thing at all. Uh, I think I would also, well, under the condition that I had the ability to still scale my content up to the point where I'm struggling to do it. 
right because that's the point that's that's the reason that i do it it's not for profit it's so that i'm scaling in a good healthy way that that does make profit but that i'm making stuff harder yeah yeah you did drive that point home and so if there was just a way to keep scaling and keep scaling and keep scaling and also be rewarded for it i have the solution Valor, what you need to do is what I do, which is start Valdo's playing puzzle things boxes. that are worse. Start playing skills that are objectively worse than the ones you're playing. And that is the new difficulty vector of PUE that you are about to embark on. Instead of Magic Find, you're going to pick skills that are numerically bad. <laughs> you're going to play, just... uh, I don't know, Viper Strike. Maybe Viper Strike's good this league. I don't know. but you're... And try to make that do all the content that you want. That just sounds like making bad builds. <laughs> no, it's making good builds out of bad skills. You can make a you can make a the best build possible for a bad skill, and it can be a good build. It's yeah, just and then you can take the skill the out and replace it with another one that scales the same way, and all of a sudden deal ten times the damage. You could, but you could also take your magic find out and deal ten times yeah. the damage. Somebody, we, we, we have the exact same perspective on, on PoE, on the way that we want to play PoE, but my solution is to create new builds and yours is to create a more challenging version of the existing build by adding Magic Find. I think it's the exact it's kind, same perspective. Kind of making good builds out of bad skills is like content creation Magic Find, right? Because you, <laughs> you lower the value of your content for, the, for the, of your build for the entertainment value of your content. Content creation magic finder. I think that's going to be my stream title today. <laughs> yeah, you're the one. You're the only one missing a, a headline on your name. Man. I, I didn't Come know what to say. Well, it needs yeah. to be quirky enough, obviously. Hey, uh, there was a viewer uh, that you have, Catmaster. They made an interesting comment here. They wanted uh, us to bring up uh, something. I think we ought to bring up that's loot filters, especially this league. Oof. I think the topic of loot filters deserve its own conversation. Maybe this league. Um, it, it's always something people need to be aware of with the status of their loot filter and how it impacts how they play the yeah. game. Their would you, would you name this the league in particular is absolutely that I nuts. can highlight it? Uh, somebody named uh, Frederick. Oh, Frederick. Yeah, I got it. Frederick, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Thanks. Frederick, what was his last name? <laughs> there we go. I didn't. Uh, no, I'm I'm fine with talking about loot filters. I wanted to complain about Bala's loot filter still showing me veiled items in the after two void stones filter. <laughs> yeah, uh, have you got? I'm sorry. Have you got all of your unveils? Because I don't. <laughs> well, now I do, thanks to you. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys uh, want to start on this topic at all? I mean, I, I got some things I'll say on it, but I, I do think this league, especially, it's. Uh, something worthy of discussion. I'll start because it's going to be brief. Uh, I hate loot filters. I wish that someone would make them for me. Uh, I use NeverSync default for the most part. I make small modifications to it. But what I will say is that not having a good loot filter has slowed me down so, so much this league. And be, the first thing I'm going to do on stream today is upgrade my loot filter. <laughs> error, error, error. I created one for you, Arrow. Fucking. I his is too strict if you're not magic finding, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> His filters are better than mine for magic find, actually. I quite often no, open no, them no. up. I got, uh, I, got different, I got different levels, man. I got at least two uh, different levels. 
No, I'll I'll side with Arrow here because like I'm super lazy. I don't like making my own loot filter. I mean, I do like making them, but like I don't like to sit there for hours and min max them and prepare them for other people. I when I was still playing HCSSF, I I really liked to min max the filters for my personal needs, but that was very very limited to the way that I played. Yeah. Um, but I never really enjoyed like in depth sessions where you like really trying to, to make a set of different items filters for your progression or something like that. I usually try to make one and get it done really quickly so I could use it and play the game. In, in a similar way where like a lot of times I don't like improving my build because that means sitting in my hideout and trading and equipping a bunch of things and theory crafting for extended amounts of time. And that sometimes when I'm in the mood to just blast maps, it, that doesn't constitute playing the game for me. But... Um, so I'm happy for people like Balor and Snoo and of course Neversync who make the, the item filter thing really easy for me. Yeah, um, okay, so first of all, I'll say uh, apparently I have one of the most popular loot filters or most followed, one of the most followed ones on somebody, somebody just alerted that to my attention the other day. I had no idea. Uh, but um, I've had a loot filter for over a year now and I update it three different strictness levels but one of them doesn't really matter it's just like it's just like early game chaos recipe stuff very very minor tweaks uh, but the other two are are pretty specialized one is basically to, to me a loop filter there's a few things you should probably think about when you're doing a loop filter one thing you should think about is how much inventory space do i have w would it be it would probably be a good idea to try to not leave the map more than once or maybe more than twice, depending on how much it's dropping. Another concept or way of looking at it is, what do I think is worth my time to click? How much does a click have to be worth? So think in terms of oh, click value. So yeah, so when you, you may suddenly realize that uh, a chaos orb, while convenient, not really worth the click anymore. If you're, and this is one such league where a lot of people are going to come to that realization. And I, I've basically already come to the realization I'm, so much so that I'm actually going to make a new filter that's even more strict than it was. Uh, although I have edited mine to be strict enough to not pick up a loot filter. Uh, maybe Awakened Sextant's worth picking up, probably. Uh, but they could potentially even that might fall off uh, at a certain point. But this is just, of course, for major juicing magic find stuff. Uh, but anyway, here's one uh, important piece of info that a lot of people would benefit from. Find yourself a filter from, you know, some streamer or whatever and it could be Valor, it could be me it could be somebody else and you can go to their site on on the actual poe website look up their profile and it'll have their filters it'll have a section for their filters you can follow it and you can uh, basically copy them it in but that comes with a drawback whereby if they edit it in any way it will turn out to edit yours and you really have no control over it i don't like that personally uh, so if i was somebody who was following stuff what i would do is actually go to never sync site and you can actually pull somebody's filter and then edit it yourself from the, henceforth under a different name. And a lot of people don't know that. You have to search the player's account name caps sensitive to do that. So in my case, you see my name here on the video. If you type my name and the number cap sensitive, you would actually pull my filters up and you could essentially load them up into, into uh, NeverSync's filter editor and you can save it for yourself and edit it from them for yourself you can just take my filter as a starting point for example i think a lot of people would benefit greatly 
uh, from doing that. And I think anyone who's wanting to, you know, get good at the game, that is one element of, you know, doing it yourself, having that agency yourself. It's a good idea to get the hang of that yourself if you're at least willing. No, that's but very yeah, great. I, Great to point out because I think a lot of people don't know that. Yeah. A lot of people know that there's the follow button, but they don't know you mm -hmm. can make your own local copy, which is probably mm -hmm. better because unlike with the game, you know, you don't get patch notes whenever there's changes unless you're watching mm -hmm. that streamer's content and you listen to what they say. You know, I made changes to this or that. But if you've just been following the filter and then it just changes in the background without you knowing uh, and all of a sudden you think your drops changed. That, that would be weird. If you're a lower knowledge player, which especially in the beginning you would be, uh, absolutely just follow the filter and it, it'll change and, and you can change with it. And maybe it'll grow out of you or you'll grow out of it. Uh, but at some point, you know, you'll become a higher knowledge player and you'll begin to take on that task yourself, at which point you should probably copy it and then edit it yourself or make your own from scratch, of course. You can. So, my thing when it comes to filters is that I believe eventually everyone should be making their own. I don't think you should be even copying mine. Eventually, at some point, uh, definitely to begin with, you should follow somebody's filters. But eventually, you should be customizing your own filters. But I'm about to give Snoobley a shit ton of work. Um, this takes so long, by the way. Uh, I recently, this league, split my entire filter into so far seven and i'm currently building two more individual modules yeah i don't want to do a module thing the use of modules not only can you just follow my filters if you want to but if you don't want to because you don't like how they look you can spend all the time in the world that you want setting up your own filter with whatever sounds and whatever visual appearance you like and then you can apply the modules or the parts of my filter that you want the div card tiering or hiding the unique tiering or hiding the rare gear tiering or hiding the uh, everything all the currency tiering every the just the leveling presets if you just like the the leveling part of my filter every single part of it is split into individual modules and now if i update one module if I decide, oh, hey, the meta change suddenly hubris circlets a top tier and it needs to make it into my fracture base showing things so that I so that I see those. What do you mean? You're not showing I fracture change... hubris? I, I just picked it as an example. I'm pretty sure they're oh. still on right now. But, but but now I do that one change to the module. It updates all three strictnesses of my filter if you're subscribed to it. And then also it updates anybody's filter who's made their own filter but likes my fractured tiering and has put the fractured tiering module on. So if you trust me to do that part for you, you can make your whole filter and then just have all of the modules. You can do any pick and choose everything. By the way, it's so much work to do all the modules. It's insane. <laughs> but it's become very, very useful. I think I currently have 7,000, I think, people subscribe subscribe to the filter but to have 7001 uh now that i know that i can add your stuff to my visuals because i love the look of default so if i can just take like div card tiering from someone which is the worst thing about loop filters by the way it's oh, yeah. terrible um I, I will absolutely be doing that yeah well, that's 
that's the thing. I'm going to have to make some a lot of videos on it. There's still a bunch more to come. I've only done like seven modules and I think I need like 14, I think, to cover everything separately so that people can pick whatever parts they like. Thank you for your service. <laughs> oh, this is a little bit unrelated, but uh, did you guys know that D4 is actually a good game in one one highly specific way? Okay. It has Move it has a better it has a better aesthetic and sound effect for its high level drops than PoE. Swing. I believe you. As much as we love the nostalgic swing sound, uh, whenever you drop a unique in Diablo Four, it it is pretty spectacular sound effect, sound design, and uh, I, I, I at some point uh, I meant okay. to pull that sound file over and put put it in my filter, but I never did get around to it. Wait, I need to know that now. now yeah, you, you just have to go on YouTube. Find a unique drop, short little five second clip or something. It, it's pretty epic. I, I can, could. Can you do an impression of it? I think that that might be. Yeah, one. exactly. No, <laughs> Shwing swing is low enough level. I can swing. You know, I can. The legendary that, but, uh, drop sound is that it? Yeah, like, yeah, can yeah. I, can I lower also, the volume because I don't want to blast your ears? Awesome. It might might not be. Uh... <laughs> I think this is not the right one. <laughs> Ah, two uniques at the same time. Hey, this is Don the Crown. This is a fellow PoE guy. Well, used to be, but let's see. I hope PoE this is not too loud. Diablo Four? What? Well, I mean, Don hasn't been playing PoE. I would never be bit. caught dead playing that game. <laughs> yeah, not not live anymore. Anyway. Okay, guys, please. All right, let, let's see. This is serious loot filter better. Some kind of like two and a half monitors right now. I just dropped two uniques at the same time. Okay, I didn't hear it. I didn't even hear oh. it. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't hear it on there. Yeah, I, I tried to, right? Like, I, I searched for the unique drop Diablo 4. Effect, he, he needs, see, the problem is he, he still has the sound effects enabled in the game. So you need to take Ballard's device and, and turn off the sound of everything. Only leave the loot filter sound on. Then it'll be extra epic uh, when he hears it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't find that. We need to prepare that for next time we want to talk about it. <laughs> we need okay. a separate D4. Ah, people can, if they want to go out of their way, they can look for it. <laughs> and then they also don't find it, just like me right now. <laughs> Maybe they're just better at searching for it than I am. Well, you know, this game's just all about dopamine kicks, so if you can find a kick that kicks a little bit harder each time, maybe maybe it's worth it. That That's fair. I'm sure Ballard would agree to that. Well, between the the, the um, magic find talk and the item filter talk, you guys have already provided so much value today for viewers. So I'm really happy that we did this podcast. But there's also uh, is there a stuff that would give? Uh, wait, let me rephrase that. Is there other things that you want to talk about in terms of uh, like the the game? Any particular Ooh. skill gems that you're looking forward to experimenting next with or, uh, or um, any future plans? I have one more thing I want as many people to be aware of as possible. I've been saying this for a few days now since I realized how it was priced. The amulet that was added lastly called Defiance of Destiny. Everyone here is probably already quite familiar with it. It is currently two to three div 
in trade and like seven if you want a really well-rolled one. And in my opinion, it is the same power level as wearing a mage blood. That's how much extra power it gives you. It is insane. It is only defensive power, but it fits into any build that can swap its amulet out. If you're not using like a unique amulet, you can just put this in. And so if you're really struggling because the lead mechanic is pushing you in, Defiance of Destiny is your answer. That is quite cheap for how much power it gives. It gives way undervalued. I don't know if it's just super common and so it's not going to be expensive or if eventually people catch on and it becomes expensive. I don't know, but it is worth using and in way more builds, even if it's not like an end game piece for you forever, if you're struggling and if you're dying, that is your answer. Well, Balor, I'm going to have to push back on you on that one. I'm going to have to push back. Let's go. The real, the real winner in the amulet slot this league is the absolute value of the Simplex amulet. There's yeah, but no that's way I can do twice the price for a base before it's crafted. Oh, it, it's like 100 times the base, but it doesn't matter. It's 100 times more valuable. You know it, why? It it's infinitely insane. time more valuable because it's 20% quant. How much quantity does Defiance of Banner have on it? Yeah. zero <laughs> but it is it is it is insane I, it's yeah. just yeah yeah <laughs> infinite value scaling well anyway i just figured i'd throw that in there uh on top Three of that for the new simplex amulet ashes of the stars being um sub two divines for the first oh. time ever is oh. very exciting for people like me who <laughs> see all the new gems and new qualities and Go, yeah, did you see the price of Dialas? Did you see Dialas Malefaction? I thought this thing was going to be ten divines this league. I thought so too. What what's even going on there? I, Everyone's I playing Magic Find. All all the creators are playing Magic Find, so there's no <laughs> new like goofy wacky builds I coming. Don't, I don't actually think that many people are playing Magic Find, and like nobody's well, experimenting with new gems and new builds for for with quality stacking. <laughs> Players are, but creators are not, which means, I mean, we know that this game goes as the creators go. And unless you're seeing, you know, the top creators, which I am not, uh, making builds that use these items, then the price does not fluctuate nearly as much. Um, Everybody wants, uh, everybody wants the magic find power. So they're sacrificing things. Also, What's really surprising is with how few people are bossing, the price of of boss loot is is yeah. I, that's very shocking. I don't actually don't understand why that is. Because boss loot's not used in magic finding via your own logic. <laughs> I mean, uh, progenesis is, and that's like what seventy five uh, yeah, divines yeah, or something yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Uber uh, invites are one and a half divines. Way. I'm still not using progenesis. I mean, I probably should be, but everybody should be. Uh, it's the best. It's the best generic power outside of maybe a mage blood. I think in the game, it's assuming you, right, you have a life pool. It's uh, for 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 those who have taken on the strategy of dropping down to tier seven, for example, as opposed to tier sixteen. They're finding that the the challenge is in DPS, not uh, survivability. Yeah. Um, unlike in Scourge League, so Scourge League in particular was a ramping up magic find league. And it made the monsters exceptionally rippy, but they were still got shredded. They still had like no no major life pool. This leads to complete opposite. Uh, the monsters do do a little more damage, but 
but most of the damage is really just coming in but by virtue of them surviving a few hits oh, and okay. actually landing hits on you and they're, they're it's exceptionally tanky this league so you actually have to contend with some of the content which is i think most people would agree the better of the two options i prefer two seven also variables. means no alters too and alters are a more multiplier of that's exactly right yeah yeah damage, but, so uh, but it would surprise a lot of people listening to this now that uh, I'm using one of the, the absolute taboo Atlas Keystones right now, Dance of Destruction in uh, T7. I haven't used that thing in, in like two years. Uh, nobody's stupid enough to use it because you're not gonna you're not gonna be willing to sacrifice like 25% survivability for 25% more damage. It's just an absolute fool's errand, no matter what you're playing. But in this highly specific niche case. Mm. I do find myself using that keystone and it going very well, especially about things like trying to unlock, you know, triple empowered legion monsters in stasis, uh, extremely valuable for something like that. And they can't even hit back, you know, in that moment. But um, I'm still surviving without too much issue. Yeah. Now, I, I would take that keystone if it was double the effect. If it was 50% more monsters incoming damage and 50% more damage out, or they have, what is it, 50% less life. And did 50% more damage to me. I, I would take that trade right now. I've always enjoyed the idea of me making a bill that required you to take that keystone. <laughs> what the YouTube Quiet. comments would look like. <laughs> yeah, I give it a try. If you're in, into the lower yeah. tier juicing stuff, uh, you might see it's an absolute wallop of strong keystone uh, for that niche content. Yeah, I've also never toyed with these. So it's always been like, oh, it would be cool to actually have a build that can or should take these, but never found myself in a place where I was like, yeah, this is the time to spec into it. Also, I like feel the, wrong. the other one. I've taken the one where you deal 25% more damage or they die quicker. When I wasn't strong enough yet, but I still didn't have defenses anyway. I was like, well, I get one shot regardless, <laughs> so yeah. I might as well yeah. just kill them easier. Maybe you'll end the, yeah. maybe you'll end the freeze. If you do that, right? That and might the be the best use case for him. It's just, if you're glass cannon <laughs> anyway, just might as well have easier yeah, access like, to one-shotting them. I die if I get hit regardless, so 25% more still brings me to zero, same as if I didn't take it. <laughs> Fair enough. By the yeah, way, yeah. Uh, did you guys notice the max roll? I don't know what happened to max roll, but all my links got broken on my videos uh, recently. I think they're updating things on their back end, but today's been a kind of an awful day for Atlas links. As the resident max roll guy, I'd like to apologize. Uh, lots of new changes this league. Uh, so there's definitely. I didn't some, know you were. I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah. Some, uh, Can you explain? issues? Um, yeah. I, I don't know specifically what's going on today, but there's definitely been some link, link breaking and. Uh, and uh, some mm -hmm. struggles, but um, we rolled out a new tool and a new entire front end interface for the website. So nice, nice. there's definitely going to be some uh, some issues. So hopefully that gets fixed. I know our, our devs work 26 hours a day. So <laughs> it's a great site and, uh, and I'm not affiliated with them at all. Uh, but you know, I, I want to just clarify, I'm not the least bit upset about it, but I did uh, release a new video today that had two separate Atlas links. And then suddenly when I go out to lunch and everybody says, Hey, I get like just spammed with comments. Hey, this link's dead. What are you doing? Like, why are you, why is this link's dead? I'm like, what are you talking about? And I go back home and I check the links are dead. I'm like, well, that, that can't be right. The links are never dead. And then, then the... I saw it's actually updated with the new Kirik crafting picture. I was like, oh, wait a minute. They're, they're updating it. 
something must have happened on it. So I, I've been absolutely spammed with YouTube comments today about it, and uh, had to even make a pinned comment on it and everything. Oh boy. Uh, yeah, but uh, just bad timing is all. Just bad timing. Is that actually the default Atlas passive tree planner that people link no, and share in passive trees? No, it's it's far superior. It's a, it's a good site. It's far superior. It just happened to be having some troubleshooting issues now. I prefer PeeWee planners for just Atlas ah, trees. Well, okay. Yeah, it's an old one. It still works good. I do yeah. I do very much like the Max Roll site, but just for building my own trees, I don't. No comment. I'm biased. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love being able to to make comments on the stuff being an unbiased uh, third no, party viewer. So. I, I really don't understand why the uh, PUE pathofexile.com site doesn't have that. Oh, it, it does have it that does. functionality. It's horrendous. It does. Yeah, it's really bad. <laughs> it does. It's the worst option. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you can't click uh, distant nodes to path to them. You I actually would, have to click every single one. I would rather oh, draw the atlas in paint. And then the adjacent nodes are like semi-highlighted semi as if you already picked them, but you didn't. And it's like really, really awful. Yeah. Okay, I'll people try keep asking, when, when's the day? When is the day we're going to get, you know, people always ask about this stuff. When, when are we going to get like great functionality on, on this or that? When are we going to get built-in automated trade system? When are we going to get built-in filters from the game? I don't know. How do you guys feel about that? Do you think uh, GGG should go out of their way to make the big, biggest and best things, or should we Why? rely on the players to do to do that? That's exactly why. On that. Why would they when we are so committed to making well, that is, party tools for them? One point, yeah. And they're, when they have, let's say they have uh, 20 developers working on this stuff, there are thousands of PoE players who are willing to put in time, who have backgrounds in this stuff that can make good tools. So, you know, basically what happened with PoE Trade is we used PoE.trade for years. Oh, and yeah. then they finally were like, all right, we know enough about this to just incorporate all the good stuff and make our own website with it. And then it's now theirs is the best version. Um, I think that's the way that they should continue to operate because it makes the most sense for them. Yeah. I wouldn't want them to waste any time. Realistically, I think this league is fantastic, but there's been a lot of leagues where you're like, oh man, I wish they had another week or two. Like, this is so close to being perfect, but it isn't. But imagine if you take dev time away to work on tools we're already making. Like, nah, thanks. I'd rather give five bucks a month to NeverSync and, and have him make the yeah. loop filter website than GGG try to take all of that on. Yeah. I actually agree with you guys. I'm just kind of trying to think of the devil's advocate argument here why there does seem to be a fair number of commenters you know here and there especially when it comes to like trade the trade site for example like why why isn't it better why you know this and that uh, but i've actually felt they've done a great job with the trade website since they really took over as the number one i feel like mm -hmm. they've added new things going into each league pretty well searchability of new items has been pretty good you know adding in things like charm searching that we didn't have to wait for that, which is what we used to do. They would say, mm -hmm. oh, that's coming in a week. <laughs> but now it's yeah. just, they, they build those things in. And I think they've done a fairly good job of, of foreseeing what we're going to want to look for. Hmm. Hmm. Bailey looks so. like he disagrees. <laughs> uh, 
I like most of the trade website. I just, I'm really biased about it because it, uh, it rates, it rate limits me. I do like yeah. two searches and it's like, up, oh, no more searching for you. And I'm just like, I'm um, okay. I guess I won't <laughs> do anything then. Uh, yeah. I can't stop it. I don't know what. Do we all get it. the same rate limit amount? Because I feel like I don't run into that unless I'm doing like, uh, is... I'm in maps and I'm using Awakened PoE trade a ton and price checking a ton of different rares or something. Then it'll it'll hit me after like ten or fifteen. But if if I didn't know any better, I'd say my account was flagged for getting rate limited super quick because it happens when I search one or two things. But I asked. I know people who work at the building, and they're like, "Yeah, tags like that don't even exist. There's nothing. You couldn't be flagged." And I'm like, "Okay, well, I guess I just get, I guess I just get rate limited then. Just, I don't know. Maybe just unconsciously spam your awakened Poe trade." Uh, without without realizing how much you're doing it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't get yeah. rate limited much either. Yeah, I, I agree with Arrow. Uh, basically the same boat there. Yeah, it happened like once or twice to me ever that I exceeded the rate limit and I got that message, but normally never. One time I got rate limited for 30 minutes. I was like, what in the world? <laughs> That's a ban. <laughs> That's not nowhere. even a limit. <laughs> No, it, it, like it didn't give me a warning or nothing. It was just like I, I searched something like 50 times and then it was like 30 minute wait. Oof. Yeah. No, I think it's both. Um, obviously, they save a bunch of time by making the community come up with the best tools to play the game. But it's also hard to draw a line, whereas there's like, what is the burden of the game developer? Because honestly, the game is just supposed to give us puzzles to solve. And it, as long as it does that well, and people have to figure out solutions to the various problems. I mean, obviously, there's a minimum baseline of quality of life that people expect nowadays from a game. And there's some things where I'm like, PoE is a little bit archaic and like trying to, to stick to the old ways a little bit too much. Especially PoE like, players optimize hmm? everything so much that even if they incorporated every tool that we have by next Thursday, we'd have come up with new tools to solve new problems. Uh, that's just the way that this community is. People who like PUE are wired a certain way that optimizing and and building tools is, is just something that we like to do. So I, I don't think they'd be able to keep up with how much innovation there is in that space. There's always new tools coming out. Like you know, PoE stack is is not the new thing, but a fairly new to, to market tool that everyone's oh, using so now. Good. It's phenomenal. And none of us even thought that that could exist, you know, two leagues ago. So it's it's or five leagues ago, whatever. Uh, so I, I think the innovation is is too fast for GGG to try to keep up. Just let us make tools. And then when they're good enough, if they want to make their own version, incorporate into the game, then do that. Yeah, Path of Building was also Fair. like in incredibly hard to imagine before it actually became reality. You didn't think that that was going to realistically happen. Such a, a thorough yeah. build planner would exist at some point. And now we can but find timeless jewels for you and, and pick your best rares that, to replace. That, that aspect specifically. Uh, play for you if you want. Crazy. <laughs> no, I think, uh, I think not only does it save time for GGG to repeat that point, but like what I was originally trying to get at is like they also, I think, intentionally leave those things for the community to be done to some degree, right? I'm not saying they're trying to be lazy and trying to save time, but in a way it also strengthens the relationship that a, a player has with the game when you're more involved in playing the game than just playing the game, right? Like if you have 
social connections, you're working together in a team with other people, there's maybe, you know, positions and responsibilities distributed, and you have this workflow of like, coming together every league to do this or that. I mean, like, someone who has dedicated so much time to building path of building or continuing the project of the original creator open all when he was hired by GGG and couldn't continue path of building. If you've done what local identity has done for so long and you're, you're part of this path of building team, obviously you're way less likely to jump off and be like next league, I'm not going to play, right? You're at least going to try and out. And I think to some degree, the heavy reliance on third-party tools is also what makes the PoE community be different from other game communities in that way and how like consistent and loyal they are to Path of Exile. If you look at other games with incredibly strong communities that last as long as something like PoE, which is 10 years old, uh, they're all games with big modding communities. And when you build that modding community mm. it's just like these third-party tools where everyone's getting together to make new things it's very exciting and when new patches come out you got to fix it and upgrade it and i think that's that same that same idea is that the community is is more than just all people who play the game it's all people who want to make the game better in whatever way they can help uh help do yeah i thought of it as modding but that is really similar Huh. Right. I think that's one of the reasons why the Diablo community uh, lasted so long in the dark ages or whatever, when there was basically getting no updates and no Diablo 3 yet. And uh, there's a huge modding community, offline gameplay that they do there. There's... Yeah. I never played any of those mods, but uh, I could see that um, whatever was going on there, it was definitely helping keep that community alive, keep the game alive uh, when it received so few updates for so long. Yeah, so it makes sense to me. Dude, I'm so hungry. I expanded my stomach through the, the holidays, and now I'm, <laughs> I can't go without food for very long. It's just awful. So I'm looking forward to eating something, but I don't know what yet. Uh, I was asking earlier, did we... Did we uh, want to go over some uh, skill gems that we're still excited to tinker with? Or is there something else pressing that you want to talk about? I just feel like that would be aerospace to to shine because yeah. you're you're the guy who rerolls builds all the time, so I mean, yeah, so the the new skill gems is the, the whole uh, whether it's the quality on on the old gems that changed or the gems themselves that changed or the transfigured versions, they're so many new possibilities that I think this is probably the biggest potential meta shakeup we've ever had. And we're not really going to see it, I think, until next league. I think as we explore all of these new gems, uh, you know, you can't have a great league starter with a new gem because nobody used it. So all of the great new league starters are going to come out next league. And the us content creators who do a lot of league star testing at the end of leagues, we're going to be oh, diving yeah. into all of those gems and i think it's going to make for a really fun last month of the league where people are discovering oh i i didn't realize how powerful this was you know in act three and i think the league start meta next league will be entirely different but as far as this league goes there are so many gems that i don't i don't even know which one to name i'm so excited about so many um 
one of the big things I was excited about was was Power Siphon. There's a build that I already played, uh, and Locust Mines because Locust Mines. This is my content creation magic find skill. It's such a bad gem, but it has so much power in it because it basically is free minefield support. It's got a better damage multiplier than than blast chain or high impact, and uh, it's it's just really easy to get a ton of throwing speed on it. So all you have to do is figure out how to fix the absolutely broken mechanics of throwing mines that you can't throw at your feet, but then they aim at your feet. Uh, and Power Siphon fixed that. Power <laughs> Siphon got changed this league so that it fires projectiles at um, up to, I guess, eight enemies, but you can't barrage with it anymore. So it loses its single target. But Locust Mines gives you three mines to throw at the same time. So that gives you three times the Power Siphon damage. Um, so Power Siphon kind of solves the problem of Locust Mine aiming at your feet because it auto targets enemies. And Locust Mine solves the problem of low single target. So they're like a perfect match. Um, and then one really cool interaction I want to I want to kind of let the community know about. This was brought to me by one of my viewers. Fury Valve works differently this league than it used to. Oh, the way that it used to work is it would take whatever projectile skill you were firing and it would fire one projectile out and then all of your additional projectiles would fire as splits off of the enemy that you hit. Yep. But now a bunch of gems were changed to be worded differently. So that Fury Valve wasn't actually changed. The gems were changed. So, for example, Power Siphon now says fires a projectile at some number of enemies instead of, uh, I don't remember what the old wording was, but basically what changed was it now still fires all of those projectiles and then any additional projectiles will split. So Power Siphon with Fury Valve fires eight projectiles at nearby enemies and then any additional projectiles after that split off of all of those targets that works for huh. spark that works for um i think it's splitting steel so anything that any gem that has built in projectiles will fire all of those anyway and then get all the splits so the clear is absolutely bananas if you use a skill that has built in uh projectiles oh Maybe well, the tornado shock gem still has a chance then. <laughs> I think there's maybe like ten or so uh, skill gems that can that can abuse this uh, multi proj multi. Wait again. Uh, so be tech. so. Just to be clear, I'm just. I mean, it might, might that sound really stupid because I'm just repeating what you said, paraphrasing. But Fury Valve, the unique amulet, has a line that says modifiers to number of projectiles instead apply to the number of targets projectiles split towards and what you're saying is if the plus additional projectiles doesn't come from external effects but from the base gem then you still get the splits from that but so, you don't remove the projectiles so spark used to say fires two additional projectiles to get you to three projectiles this is a, right. a hypothetical but now it says fires three projectiles so they're not additional projectiles additional projectiles will get added to the splits but base projectiles do not. Ah, so okay. if a skill says fires blank projectiles, it will still huh. fire those. And then additional like dead eye gets plus two. And that's what I played power siphon with. So I had eight projectiles that auto targeted enemies per mine that then split four times. Uh, times three mines is, I don't know, like it was like 70 something projectiles per throw. <laughs> 
That sounds so, crazy. I think we're going to see some more Fury Valve builds uh, coming soon, and probably from me as well, because it's very, very fun to cover the screen, the screen and projectiles. I mean, you've you've sent me over to the vendor in game where I'm just like staring at all of the <laughs> yeah, gems to figure out exactly what, what I did. <laughs> That's way more interesting than the skill that I was gonna play next. Um, I was thinking that I, I keep seeing no one use warlock. And so I want to use Warlock because I feel like it should be good at something. <laughs> it should be it should be good at something. And so the idea I had was a um I forget the name of the shield that makes it cost your life like 10% of your life when you use a Wrath skill. Pit. Wrath Pit to add a bunch of damage. Um Warlock with its blood magic stuff. Um, but then Bladefall of Impaling, up the skill cost as much as I can, get its crit to 100, make it Impale, make it a champion, and then go... Um, I've uh, seen that uh, on a Jug or like some Marauder build with uh, Impale, Bladefall, low life, with like 20k life or something like that total. Yeah, well, with the with the champion's Impale scaling... I feel like I can make that into a real build. I don't know yet, but I hope so. That was one I was looking at for at least at some point this league. Yeah, I, I think the, I think what you're doing right now, Baylor, is you're doing some content creation magic find because you say Warlock stinks, which it does. <laughs> so please make it work. I look forward to it. Oh, just no one's using Warlock, and I feel I feel bad for Warlock. I mean, it should be better than that. Char so I, I want to find a way. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's the only one I've got. Hmm. I still wanted to try, and I'm sure someone has already tried it. But like, just for myself, since I'm playing the Explosive Trapper. There's two different transfigured gems. Oops, I didn't want to bring that up again. There's one, the Explosive Trap of Shrapnel, which everyone uses because it's just bigger base damage, bigger radii, and uh, bigger damage effectiveness. So it's just straight up better than regular Explosive Trap for like your average clear. And the only difference where you'd want the regular Explosive Trap is like small single targets because then you get more overlaps in total versus the Explosive Trap of Shrapnel. So it ends up being more damage still. But for any other situation, the off shrapnel is better. But there's another one called Explosive Trap of Magnitude. And that one doesn't have smaller explosions, but it's just one big explosion. But also doesn't have, have innate gem conversion, like um, the 50% physical to fire. So with that one, you could make a pure cold damage explosive trap. Or you could do poison explosive trap. And I don't know, it's probably not going to be the best choice for either of those, like, Build we we definitely need archetypes. more poison builds, so please make it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe next week. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm, just, I'm just curious what that's going to be. I, I, you know, I'm looking it up as we speak right now because uh, I'm actually curious how it how its base damage is. I like the idea of taking away innate conversion on gems to open up new possibilities because i mean when when you do some amount of built-in conversion you limit the skill 
pretty significantly. Uh, yeah. So I, I definitely, I think that's a cool way for them to explore the, the transfigure gem stuff is awesome. But I think one of the really cool things is, is changing kind of the core identity of the gem. So you still have, uh, you don't have to make a new visual. It's still, you know, it's still spark, but now it's spark of freezing or something. And now it's got, you know, some built in cold damage. I think that's a, re a really cool way for them to give us new things to work with and expand the, the sandbox that we're all playing in without, without having to do too much, uh, work on the back end. Yeah, so I, I did find it. I brought it up here. It actually, yeah, it doesn't have smaller explosions, but it's much bigger base damage on the one big explosion that it does cause, and it has huge damage effectiveness, 330% instead of 100% on the base explosive trap gem, and I believe 120 on the explosive trap of shrapnel, which makes sense because obviously you only get one hit out of this instead of like one plus six or seven smaller ones potentially. But... um. Less yeah, throwing speed. Well, that, yeah, that sounds a, awful. That's a sad stat to add. Yeah, yeah. It's the worst. Throwing speed took a nerf this league. Uh, a lot of gems lost it, but you can probably make up for it. Well, I mean, you do get the, the charge trap supports, uh, the seven frenzy charges, and mm -hmm. uh, that's like 70% increased. So 30% less of 70 increased, you still end up having more than 100% base. But yeah, obviously, it's not as fast as it used to be. So you got to see in, in the specific situation whether you like the trap throwing speed or not. Just throw it with mines. There, there, there's another, there you go. another way to do the mine trapper. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I'm probably not going to try this on my current build because the current build is using alt ailments and uh, if you just convert it all into one type of damage, then you only get one type of alt ailment, right? And I can't get Scorch if I convert it all to cold. I'm kind of happy with the 50-50 cold fire. But yeah, there's still tons of min-maxing that I have to do on the current build. Hmm. Mm. I'm a... Busy staring at projectiles, I'm sorry. I'm still staring <laughs> at the projectile vendor. Have you seen anything that you would like to see? Uh, that you uh, like? Uh, this, 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 I can't answer that question until I get a Fury Valve and just walk out into some low-level content just uh -huh. to see what, how the projectiles interact. A better way to do it is to go onto PUEDB and sort by projectile gems, and then it'll oh, kind of carve down the list a little bit for you. I already spent a few hours doing this. <laughs> that so absolutely derailed my day. Found. Like, there's yeah. so much. There's so many interactions that we haven't discovered yet that are going to be, you know, e even stronger than what we have now. So I'm very excited to continue to, to make builds and, and, and test. Yep. Yeah, I've seen today someone said the they're doing a cast on crit uh, freeze, uh, frozen uh, pulp. No, what was the, the frost blink? Right, the frost blink of wintry blast that doesn't have a cooldown but has a cast speed instead. And obviously that we said that when we saw it, when they revealed the gem stats, that was going to be great for triggering. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, <laughs> I'm triggering it. I'm not casting it on crit because when you cast it on crit, it becomes flicker strike and it kind sends of, yeah. you where you crit but if you just trigger it with azanaths you can get enough damage in a four link to get significant damage from it and my trigger is frenzy 
with a tincture, I'm able to get hits can't be evaded while on low life. So I don't have to invest in accuracy. So it's kind of a low effort cast on crit setup uh, and just basically holding down right click uh, seven and a half blinks per second. And uh, it's it's wild. It's still very early days. The build's not entirely fleshed out. I need to do some some uh, fixing today, but it's already very, very fun. Yeah, that mm. sounds intriguing. Yeah. I thought for a hot second I might want to look into the frost blink thing, but yeah, when I uh really think about it now. <laughs> not like this. Not like this. I would love to put it into a castwell channeling setup with like a channeling skill so that you could just like zoom around while holding down one button, but you can't lower the the cooldown of castwell channeling, so yeah. you're limited to around three per second, which actually isn't that fast. It, like it's trivial to run faster than three frost blinks per second. So I originally started with a castwell channeling winter orb setup. I tried that; it didn't feel good. Then I tested uh, spell slinger, and that was just too much. It was too much investment in order to make it work. So Azanaths is the is the trigger now. But how low can you get Azanaths? I have my the POB has 7.58 casts per second. Uh, I think I'm at around six right now, but my trigger rates aren't lined up. So sometimes it misses and it's a little clunky, but uh, we just put the build together yesterday on stream. So it's um, it's very much early days with a lot of tweaking and, and learning to do. No, I'm excited to see that. But yeah, like what you said, Winter Orb was the most obvious choice, but I also was afraid that that was not going to be good because like you said, limited cast rate, but also most importantly, sacrificing like two gem slots on your main damage skill. Well, the damage from Frostblink of Wintry Blast is massive. So I'm using an Ashes, which was very cheap, to get uh, more quality. And the quality on that on that Frostblink gem gives you more damage with hits per uh, chill effect on the enemy. So I'm an Elementalist, I get 40 uh, chill effect that I'm getting from my uh, Ice Spear that's triggering. And I think it's 200% more damage with hits from quality if you have a 40% chill on the enemy, which I always do. So the damage you, you can get from that gem is nuts. The problem is it removes it every time you hit the enemy that's chilled. So you have to have something that's triggering just as fast uh, or chilled. cast in between to re-chill the enemy. And it doesn't work with skitterbots. I had a viewer test that. Skitterbots it will remove the chill and then they have to leave the area, the chilling area for skitterbots and come back in before it will uh, chill them again. So before anybody wastes any time with that, don't, don't use the real, the real secret reason why they removed the enchants so that you couldn't get the word of spite to apply the chill. <laughs> That's true. Well, I thought that probably the same way because it's it was broken. chilled ground and then they'd have to walk off the chilled ground and on again, I guess. Chilled ground does work like vortex chilled oh, okay. ground actually does reapply. I don't know how how long it takes. There are some weird interactions with some uh, some effects that are removed and reapplied that there's a delay. So I, I haven't personally tested it. So there may be a delay if you're you know if you're triggering seven times per second and it takes 0.2 seconds, you're not going to get those those uh, those hits. So somebody smarter than me will have to test that. All right, it's new. Did you have any any exciting things that you're looking forward to that you can share? I mean, obviously you wouldn't want to disclose secret discoveries. Well, uh, next on my agenda is swapping to Tornado Shot with a big major build update. 
upgrade. So normally that's nothing really exciting specifically, uh, but this league it kind of is because again, high, very aspirational mapping content we have on our hands. So I'm looking forward to seeing how it works. I've never actually played a pure elemental tornado shot build of any kind. And I want to try that this league. And I want to do an apples to apples comparison with the fizz to element conversion, uh, which is the more superior version generally thought of. Uh, but we do have the interesting, you know, poison tincture, which kind of lines up potentially well with the flat elemental damage. However, when I POB it in a, uh, I should say, highly, um, highly invested character, my POB DPS, for example, is like 50 million. And the poison DPS is like 500k. <laughs> That's kind of awkward. Uh, so I, I wasn't sure if the POV is kind of broken for it, but I don't think it is. I think uh, perhaps it's just so much crit scaling that uh, that doesn't impact poison damage in any way. It's like a like 600% crit multi and 100% crit chance. and Perfect stuff like agony. That. Yeah, yeah no, I looked at perfect agony. <laughs> perfect agony. Perfect uh, agony increased my poison damage by from like 500k to 1 million. And nice. uh, nerf, nerfed my overall damage by like 40%. So uh, <laughs> I'm afraid that's going to have to be a giant no. I don't know how you get perfect agony to work for anything, actually. The answer is you don't. Leech. I yeah, promise you don't. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe you have some secret tech up your sleeve no. or whatever. But uh, Trust me, I've tried. Yeah, so I, I, I did, of course, tag that keystone to see what happened. But no, it was, it was all negative, basically. Yeah, so I'm not sure where, like, people are. people are all like, over the moon about the poison tincture all damage poison stuff maybe it's good for like really limited low end scaling i guess but uh, once you start investing in a build like a crit build especially it just kind of goes out the window being pretty negligible high what end crit is think? too available to um when you're when you're investing the kind of currency that i know you are uh high end crit is just the best way to play poe <laughs> um but if you're like you know if you're looking at like bossing scenarios then then poison is is generally incredibly strong but no one's doing you know 50 million mapping with poison also why would you ever want a poison for mapping well it's, it's, there is one specific worse. reason there's one highly specific reason this league and it's the mastery of monsters poison cannot deal critical strikes and the blue wisp so juice strong. is actually yeah. nuts with Critical crit so they get they get infinitesimal or like or rather um, almost like infinite levels of crit scaling damage and chance that i mean you, you basically need to be crit immune at the highest mm -hmm. level uh so so you got to figure out some way to do that there's not that many ways to do it uh one way would be especially with tornado shot even a minimal chance of poison on hit uh, would would keep everything poisoned at all times basically a single poison wheel to take the mastery yeah yeah, Good. so I'm looking at investing for passive points, the one that actually gives you at least a little bit of chaos resistance on the side. Uh, that's yep. right there on the right-hand side. And uh, that would sync up well with, hypothetically, uh, a tincture that makes all damage poison, eligible for poison. But I guess it doesn't really matter because that damage is negligible. <laughs> I better, I'd better, be better it, off just taking the call tincture and yeah. just exiting call out of the, the build. Otherwise, I would actually result in more damage. If, so. if you've just got like 15 flat fizz, you can poison, and then that's enough. Yeah. To with a pure, yeah, with a pure elemental bow, it comes with the, some flat fizz anyway. 
Yeah. So it's not converted all anyway. So if you're doing a hundred percent conversion from Fizz, it just means you need like one jewel with like flat yeah. chaos on it, and you're good. Yeah. Another way to yeah. to solve that that crit problem is elusive on boots. If you're not using Rallakesh, uh, elusive on boots, and then a charm that gives you cannot be. Uh, it's not a hundred percent uptime though, right? Uh, if you're generating it while from critting, uh, which is what your boots give you, and you're hitting uh, any yeah. reasonable amount of times, you're going to have it almost instantly back. But like a good there, idea there is a small player. amount of, of, of downtime. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you can get that on the gold worm boots, but I can't uh, sacrifice those boots now. Sorry. Yeah, I was going to say if you can't fit the poison tech into the build, most builds use curses, right? And like many builds in the top or right side of the tree go Whispers of Doom. Uh, you can get the Curse Mastery for reduced extra damage from critical strikes by cursed enemies. I mean, it's only 40%, but you can stack it with other things. I don't even know 50 about that 50% corruption so. on a chest is a really good way to get it as well. Yeah, that's the way the lot of people get it, yeah. The uh, alternative then, is 50% from the chest, and then the mass crit mastery is 30% there, and you get 80% crit damage reduction. I'm not sure how it'd fit in the remaining 20%, or if it's necessary uh, to do so, probably. I have to right. spend my tattoos. crit mastery on increased effect of non-damaging ailments. For well, I like ailments. to do that, too, but, you know, you could just hit harder, yeah. and you'll be fine. <laughs> you <know. laughs> yeah, You're fair. confusing what you like to do with what you have to do. What you have to do is not die. Well, I have mark. I have the mark mastery for marked enemy cannot deal critical strikes, which is obviously very good in like against the map boss and against like mm. those super tanky empowered rares. But yeah, there's, there's too many rares the one on or other. Yeah, there's, there's yeah. different situations where you can't. I'll tell you guys about a, a little cool cool tech thing that I'm I'm looking into. Something I tested. I haven't told anybody about. Um, so earlier this league, I tested a warlord's mark cast on crit which uh, seemed to impress a lot of people, the potential of infinite rage generator or the mm -hmm. best rage generation, rage sustain through Berserk that you can probably have in the game right now is a 100% crit chance build with Tornado Shot uh, on a second Mana Forge link that's connected to Cast on Crit and uh, Warlord's Mark. And basically the Warlord Mark keeps going out, just spinning like a wheel, just spinning, constantly hitting, triggering random things and everything's getting stunned. Uh, but this only works if your build features the line cannot freeze target, so you cannot do any freeze. So in my case, Secrets of Suffering is something I want to put in my new build because I want to try and use that tech again. Um, and there's still a one flex slot. So if this is in a six link, it, is, it does have a flex slot. So I'm thinking um, I might actually put in Punishment as a curse in there. So I tested this on my on my build on the back end, and it seems like you know, you never, you're not supposed to use a mark with a curse and have a curse limit of one. But in this particular case, with this highly niche sort of gameplay, it doesn't matter. Hmm. You can get away with cursing targets pretty widely, and then also getting the mark and also getting the stun. And uh, suppose, as I tested, I it was a negligible difference in terms of its uptime on the rage because that's a major concern. Is 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 the rage generation the mark on it still going to land? Because the but it looks like the I believe the mark if it's in the same link, the mark takes priority. Mark of Warlords I think is actually the highest priority skill gem, all things being equal. And then punishments way back in the back, so the mark will take priority over punishment, and everything around will get punishment on it. Or you could do elemental weakness if you want, but I figure this is a grand opportunity to actually use a skill gem that you can't just get corrupted on gloves. 
And it's pretty pretty awesome skill gem by the looks of it. Also features some damage reduction, potentially. And yeah, so that is something I might do at the very, very end game. Hmm. And if if enemies at low life are taking, you know, 60% more damage or whatever, which is even greater than elemental weakness, they're probably more likely to get stunned. So it should be should work out pretty well. My only problem with punishment is that it has anti-synergy with culling. So they spend less time taking the increased damage if you have mm -hmm. cull, which kind of feels bad. Um, yeah, but so, still, if it's the difference between you taking like one hit or two hits to cull them. Yeah, I yeah exactly. I, I find at the ultra late late end game threshold, culling strikes basically meaningless. Like it's nice right. to have it on the build, but doesn't really mean anything at that point because you're typically killing everything before the ten percent last life threshold. Right. Uh, I do like calling. I like, I do like calling my current build because it's the kind of a quick hitting build that does point or sorry chaos dot damage. So the damage over time, you really get to feel the impact of calling strike when you have a build like that. But yeah, for some, you know, fifty million damage. Tornado shot build pre headhunter buff. I mean, that's just gonna almost calling doesn't matter. In fact, it may it turn out to be that punishment doesn't even matter at that point, but it probably will this league with how tanky some of the monsters are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hmm. I have one more question, but yeah, please go ahead, Bella. This whole podcast is going to send me down a path of building rabbit hole for hours. I don't have time for this. Success. <laughs> well, I got something to distract you. You said earlier that... Uh, I think you said something... I think when we were talking about the, the community features, and like you didn't want GGG to waste time on making the quality of life as good as the community features make it, because mm -hmm. you were like, this league is already so good imagine how good it would have been if they spent two more weeks developing it and now my question would be what would you have liked to see developed more in this league assuming oh, that they had two weeks more nothing that was this well i mean there's some things but that was more a comment on like past leagues that were nearly good but not oh, quite okay there. okay not this one right. this one's great uh, the only thing i want them to do is put an exit button downstairs so yeah. that I can exit without logging out or dying when I decide there's too much juice here and Downstairs. I'm in danger. Yeah, underneath. Is, it, is the, that what we call the forest? Yeah, I can I can never remember its name. <laughs> Wild wood. I like downstairs. I think I would have used that. Yeah, whenever whenever I'm downstairs on a build that's not strong enough to get all the juice yet. Like I'm still scared of mobs that are on the gear, so I don't want all of it, but I want some of it. Yeah, it is a little weird that we don't have that button because we have it in Delirium, obviously. We have it in mm. Blight to initiate the Blight. Uh, I, I suspect, well, let, let, let's just imagine a world where this league mechanic actually goes core. Uh, we can uh, imagine that there would be a button devoted to it. Right, guys? And I don't know whether people in chat are trolling because I've seen that before, but people are just saying, just run into the black, just go into the darkness and it will throw that you works. out. Well, try doing that when you still have like juice left. You can't because you carry the light with you. You can only do that after you've done the encounter that you walk into the dark to get out of it. You, you cannot do it while you still have 
light radius or whatever. Oh, I think they might be it. referring to the strategy where people go back to get juice because a lot of a lot of creators have been promoting the be really yeah, efficient yeah, yeah, yeah. about uh, gathering maybe juice. Don't confusing. run into yeah, the yeah. dark to get it. So that's what I was thinking about. They might be long past a world where you know they have to give up early for fear of. Uh, so they're, missing they're out. talking about you can run into the dark without following wisp trails, intentionally going down areas where there isn't any juice. That that's Which awfully works. big brain, Valor. That's really big brain, though. Oh, that it, darkness. That's big brain. It works, but it also takes you like, you know, 20 extra seconds. Like, why isn't there just an exit button? Just be an exit button. You do that, you just randomly run into like the th the event that gives you like 3K wisp, and then you yeah. have to hightail it the opposite direction. Yeah, which is like <laughs> what you're trying to avoid in that situation. Yeah. You're like, wait, 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 wait. No, too no, much I, juice. <laughs> I have encountered that exact scenario before, way, you know, early on when I was really stutter stepped about. Uh, collecting as much wisp as i needed to do and before i understood that i could drop the, the map tier level and you know make it easier and everything yeah i have right. one thing that i wanted uh from this league a little bit more but i'm actually not even certain that i do want it i knew when they started introducing all these gems the week before in these giant batches that none of them have been tested <laughs> i mean really none of them have been tested uh they bricked ethereal knives they didn't have any uh like what is that distance it was going like i don't know 40 units before disappearing and it wasn't intentional so a lot there was so many bugs with different skill gems at league start because they weren't able to test it because they rolled out these new ideas days before or minutes before release but at the same time it gives us a lot of cool stuff that it's probably going to get nerfed next league, uh, like Penance brand of Dissipation's absurd damage. Uh, it, I mean, just the damage built into the gem is absolutely insane. Um, and they, if they tested that more, they probably would have reduced it. So it does give us some some cool stuff. But there was a lot of bugs on League Start with uh, with some of the new gems that were changed. I think if they had another two weeks, they would have just been more gems. That's probably true. <laughs> I, I don't yeah. think you would have got way more yeah. testing. I think that it has been way more gems. Yeah, there was actually one gem that uh, didn't give experience when you killed enemies with it. I don't remember which one it was, but it Frost actually got of something you, or other. Yeah, you got no, you got no XP, so you just you couldn't use it. Yeah, no. from the from the extra projectiles that like with the direct no, kill you the did dot, the frostbite that leaves a dot. Yeah, catapult, which also made you scale the dot, so it was the way you would get the kills. But anything that died from the dot wouldn't give experience okay okay then i misunderstood that i thought it was just the the secondary projectiles from frostblades that's crazy but it wasn't too bad i think this this league start i want to give ggg some credit they did a lot this league and it was a very very good league start for most people oh, yeah. unless you start a poison concoction in which case <laughs> right in which case it was the worst yeah all right well, i um I believe Reddit agrees with you. I'm, I'm, I just double checked. I haven't looked in a while, but it looks like uh, that this is one of the most tame Reddit leagues I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. yeah, really don't see and I'm a little surprised because the difficulty is there. They're definitely, it absolutely is there, and it's definitely uh, gatekeeping yeah. a lot of players from. And the obscure you know, scaling is there. Yeah, and, uh, like, yes, and and you, then, can't you know. See I mean, right now on Reddit, there's something about some some dude open. He said on there, "Hey, I just got 83 divi 83 divine orbs off of one monster solo magic find." Usually, 
that would trigger the bejesus out of everybody. Uh, but <laughs> I don't really see uh, much triggering going on. I mean, maybe everybody's dropping 83 Divine Orbs. So I, uh, I, I don't know. It feels like Must Arch be. Nemesis with a little bit of choice. You're still getting these monsters that take three minutes to kill. Um, but you get to decide how far you push it. They don't just show up. Uh, and these ones drop loot. Yeah. And you're not magic fine culling them. Yeah. Y yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I'm allowed to kill them myself. That's great. Love that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, right. I figured I'd just shout out the Reddit community for for having its head on straight for, you know, accepting higher level difficulty and higher level rewards and being content with that, actually. Bravo, Reddit. Yes. Won't hear me say that very often, but you know, I just want to give a round of applause to all the redditors out there. Us content creators don't good. often give uh, kind words to Reddit, but they've been pretty nice lately. No. no, I think also I'm insanely impressed with how well the community is accepting and celebrating the Valdos puzzle box. I mean, everyone but Balor, but okay. no, I mean, <laughs> oh, you just had to ruin a good day, man. I went, I've been going on rants since the day they were released about how bad this is for the economy. I can't, well, yeah. them. I hate every time one drops, I'm mad because the ones that I get, of course, are the bad ones. So I can't even profit off of this thing that people are printing mirrors from. I think um let's <laughs> here we go in chat. Um no, but there's been so many good like clips, so much good content around that. The the ability to die in softcore, you know, Balor may not like it, but like it has brought a lot of people into the hardcore mindset of how do I build a character that can take on this challenge without losing it. But right? the number of people that are actually doing that is you know, you could <laughs> fit them all in a room and those people are all able to do these maps and every once in a while they lose a character yeah. but in the process they are printing stacks of mage bloods and it's 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 a win more mechanic unlike anything we've ever had in poe where if you can just get enough currency to be able to do these maps you can print basically infinite currency and there's never been something that's so inaccessible to all but 20 people that is so profitable. It's the best way to make money in the game right now. Like Captain Lance on stream plays the game for five minutes an hour and he's making 300 divines an hour. <laughs> it's just really not, that's not great. <laughs> it's actually the first time in the history of PoE that crafting or flipping is less profitable than playing the game, which is another way to look at it. That's true. I'm just trying to make it sound good. I'm not happy about him either. <laughs> I, just, I celebrate every time I see somebody die on the ladder. It makes me happy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that's the aspect so, where so I'm like, general I really enjoy it. What yeah. so is general chat? Yeah. Yeah. It brings back some D2 vibes, I guess. Uh, I have mixed feelings on it. Um, on the one hand, I get to reap some major benefits from a new drop that is just giving me a lot of extra currency, whether I run the maps or not. I get to see a lot of Valdo's maps. Not right now in Tier 7 Cemetery, but you know, across the whole spectrum of my league gameplay, I will see quite a few of those boxes drop, and I'll be able to just sell them. I typically don't even open them. I sell for 3 Divine in bulk. They're going up, so um, you, you would think that the... You said like Captain Lance making a killing on there. The market should stabilize it to a certain extent. Should stabilize on that. Uh, we'd hope so, but um, 
yeah, it, again, it seems a little bit like gatekeeping. Uh, on the other hand, like you said, you know, about the 20 or so players that can do them. On the other hand, on principle, you know, I used to play hardcore in the Diablo games because it was a little bit more suitable, <laughs> that game, to play hardcore than this game. Uh, but uh, I do have a certain appreciation for the risk of a character, and I, I do appreciate in these maps that the player has the complete agency to do so. That there's really nothing they can say to say like, "Oh, that wasn't fair" or whatever. I mean, yeah, you could disconnect in the Valdos map, but it, you know, it's very limited time. You're specifically looking at that content. You agree to all the terms and conditions. <laughs> you open the map, and then you die. It's your fault, right? Uh, that's that's kind of how that is set up and that's you know the best framing you can look the best lens you can look through it i guess and i do like that idea that softcore players have an opportunity to do some really high stakes gambling for lack of a better word uh and they can gamble their entire character away doing that so i do think it's fine uh that on principle something like that could be maybe should be the most lucrative out of all because the stakes are as high as they are uh, but you know, not all the maps are set up to uh, for with a void, voided mage blood opportunity either. Some of them just give it to you, I guess, uh, pretty easily. So but yet, I... you know, in that kind of case, somebody <laughs> somebody else can run it. You know, somebody with le less of a risk aversion can run it. I do agree with what you're saying about softcore players getting a chance to do the hardcore thing. But because this is a trade economy, that ultimately isn't what's happening. You have people dropping these maps and they go, I can't run this. I'm never going to build a character that can run this. And that everyone, I mean, effectively everyone sells it to those 20 people. So it just becomes the win more times a million. No, no player is going to drop one of those maps and go, hmm, should I sell this for 150 divines or should I spend the rest of the league trying to build a character that can run this one map. They're all just going to sell it, uh, which is unfortunate. If it was character bound, which I know GGG does not like, if it was character bound, that would be a very cool way of saying, all right, now you've got the league to try to get this mage blood, um, but they're never going to add something like that. So it's just going to be in a trade economy, a way for the 1% of the 1% of the 1% to print mirrors. But isn't that so the difference? definition kind of what aspirational content is i mean if you add more aspirational content that is harder to make which is what everyone wants to have then there's always going to be like a select few that can run that first when it's implemented right and to yeah. piggyback off of what you say there uh one of the issues with just making aspirational content for the sake of making aspirational content is the rewards aren't good enough and then people will complain oh it's great aspirational content like the uber bosses in the beginning especially the first time they were released great aspirational content why would i do it there's no rewards there uh, so maybe, you know, they took that lesson to heart and made it rewarding as all get out <laughs> while being, you know, somewhat aspirational, I guess. Yeah. Mm. Well, I guess we can we can all agree on I like some things that these boxes, the implementation of these boxes does accomplish. I don't like other things like the economic factor is definitely pretty big, especially this league. Mm -hmm. But maybe there will be adjustments to the drop rates maybe it will even out with more people making other maps with the you know submission system when they buy supporter packs and they get to submit their choice of, of mod combination and a reward for the map so either through dynamics of people adjusting that like people 
taking different things or GDG adjusting drop rates, maybe it will be in a better place next league. I actually agree with uh, much of what Arrow said in sentiment. I'm, I'm playing a little bit of devil's advocate here because I know what uh, I, I know where I know the I understand the mindset that some people are usually more in the casual end would have to his arguments and they would say something like what is wrong with more mage bloods being in the economy maybe i can actually get one now and they would say something like that uh you know and and you know the kind of player i am I, i'm kind of easy to discard that kind of comment personally but you know i think it is fair to raise it up because a lot of people feel that way obviously a lot of people are quite happy that mage bloods are a lot cheaper so are headhunters and they want to see you know, you know, you understand to certain people that is the economy, the resulting economy has favored them in such a way that they are uh, more likely to continue playing the game to shoot for something that seems to be a little bit more reachable for them. That's fair. I don't think my issue is as much with how available mage bloods are and rather the source of them. And that if you go look for a mage blood, most of them are foiled. <laughs> if you go look on the trade website, it's like half of them right, are foiled, right. which means they're all coming from these puzzle boxes, <laughs> which are all being run by 20 people. And somebody in chat said something about an aversion to the 1%. It's not the 1% that are running these maps. It's not even close to the 1%. No. It is the one, it, it literally is probably 30 or 40 people that are like effectively running these and making a lot of currency off of it. Um, the 1% are people who use gilded scarabs. <laughs> Maybe not even that. It might even be less. The the the. I think the the perspective of what an average player is and what the one percent is is very very skewed. As someone who makes content for who tries to make content for all players, most people don't use scarabs. So what's yeah, in the but 1%? it also depends. Farming mage bloods. It really depends on where you put the cutoff point. Is like what is a poe player and what is like not yet a poe player, right? Like if someone plays within three weeks to maps then and then quits the game i don't really consider that as much of a poe player in the in the context of the average poe player discussion i mean i don't want to diminish your feeling of playing poe if you play that way you know i don't know i'm trying to offend my viewers everyone who doesn't get to try. red maps it's still not the one percent it's still not even close to the one percent one percent is is yeah using gilded or wing or polished scarabs right but like think about all the people, you know, the, however big the community is, that was magic finding Crimson Temple at the, to the nth degree. That's a tiny fraction of the community as well. I mean, yeah, a lot of people seem to get on board with it, but the actual number of people who are printing Mage Blood by dropping multiple apothecaries every league is pretty dang small, is it not? Yeah. I am one of them, actually. But, you know, the, the, the number of people who are doing that is just, I, I feel like... Um, not so much, you know, running Crimson Temple. A lot of people running Crimson Temple. But the actual number of people who are getting like 10, 20, 30 apothecaries, right. 50 apothecaries a league, that's, that's a pretty small number. Yeah, very uh, small. Yeah. And when that, that card costs 70 divines, <laughs> uh, that's leaving a lot of people in the dust. You know? So I, I think it's an interesting conversation we're having on that topic. I think there's a few different ways of look at it. But yeah. Maybe that will be the most contentious topic moving into next league. What to make of the Valdo's box dilemma. Oh. Yeah. I mean, they could just not drop generally on the ground, but be gated behind some sort of thing. 
and that would make it even more one percenty. No, I don't. I don't want to go deeper than the one percent rabbit this hole. This is all way less of a problem than everyone's thinking it is, because yeah, there are some problems like right now, but realistically, they had to pick a spot, they had to pick a rarity, they had to pick an amount that it would happen, and they only had the first batch of keys to yep. put in. So like. You know, even yeah. a month from now, there's going to be so many more variety of those keys, which is going to water down the amount of those maps that are mage bloods or like good rewards. And then yeah. they've got a knob they breath. can turn on the total rarity of the boxes and whatnot. Like you just you have to pick a number, throw it in, see what happens. Is it enough? Is it too much? In this case, I think everyone's going to say it's too much and too often. And they'll probably turn that knob down and then they'll add more maps in and I don't think it'll be fine. Yeah, this is a very temporary problem. That, that's probably right. Some commenter said mentioned that actually uh, a little, little bit ago that uh, it's probably going to receive the the foiled Voidborn Reliquary key treatment where everybody's just going to meme throw in uh, you know their random garbage uniques and it's going to water it down so much that I mean I don't even get excited when I drop a Voidborn Reliquary key to you guys. It's virtually guaranteed to be trash. Yeah, it's uh, like average return of five C or something those like box. that. Right, right. So it almost feels like a, a reliquary. I mean, reliquary is not even worth a divine anymore. It was like a hundred chaos or something. <laughs> so, um, now maybe my goal this league will be to take voidborn reliquary off my loot filter, uh, to, to be farming at that level. So that'll be my highest. Now goal that is the one percent right there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a little less than one percent. Yeah, but, uh, not a little bit yet. more not, distinguished than just one percent. <laughs> Not the one. What do you tell us? You're hiding keys. Insane. <laughs> uh, yeah. Wait. Who of you guys is excited for the Crip interview with Jonathan Rogers tonight? That's uh, in a couple of hours from now, right? Like one thirty a.m. my time. This is like three hours ago and twelve hours from now. So nine hours from now on I... Crip's channel. I am burnt out on Pee Wee 2 hype. I, I we're too far away for me yeah. to continue to get excited like every three weeks for Pee Wee 2 stuff. I'm so hyped about Pee Wee 1. I'd rather just like kind of like wait a little while for them to keep pumping this Pee Wee 2 content because this game is not coming out in 2024. I, I'm there too. I actually literally don't care. I'm very looking forward to Pee Wee 2 when it's time. I, I went mm. to ExileCon. The PeeWee 2 stuff was great. We played the beta. It was fantastic. I'm very excited when PeeWee 2 comes out. But right now, I, oh man, I'm playing this game and it's so good. I don't have time for that nonsense. It's so far away. I'm busy. Yeah, I can multitask. In, in my case, specifically, talking about Cryptarian, I, I do keep up to date with him because he plays a lot of Ruthless and. I feel a little bad because with my kind of gameplay, and it is a mo game, a mode of gameplay I would like to have played. I think if I wasn't a content creator, I actually would have played Ruthless, like kind of seriously at one point, uh, because I did the Ruthless with Gold event, and I liked it quite a bit. Uh, it, it really restricted the amount of drops I got and made every drop that I did get that much more meaningful. So, I mean, at the end of the day, it didn't, change a whole lot in terms of like the feeling of gameplay but it was just different mode and i and i did enjoy it and i am looking forward to poe2 even though we're probably going to get 
slowed down a lot and less drops. So I will be jumping on that bandwagon when the time comes. As you guys said, I'm actually right in alignment with you guys. Uh, generally, broadly speaking, uh, I was memeing the hell out of the league reveal for Affliction League. I couldn't believe how long, how much time they <laughs> devoted to PoE2. It was absolutely outrageous to me. And I was basically rolling my eyes at the end. Like, this is a great review. Thank you for showing us this, you know, crossbow. Can't remember the name of the character. And <laughs> really cool. All the different variety of skill gems, everything. Could we have gotten this video in a completely separate venue? A separate thing. So it could yeah. sort it out and look for it on its own. I came here for the league reveal and for POE 1 because I'm excited about POE 1 that's literally next week. Why do I have to sit through 40 minutes and then a whole 20. bunch more time in the Q&A? about a game that's not coming out even in the next year. I love thinking about the game. I love contemplating it on its own time in its own place. Uh, I couldn't understand. It was just so jarring. Unbelievably, that's the word that yeah. comes to mind. So jarring the way it just took me out of the hype for the, the league. This was so much time that was devoted to it. So absolutely, absolutely there with you guys on that. Uh, yeah. I find it so interesting that I mean, I think your channel is the opposite of Ruthless Gameplay. Whatever the opposite mm -hmm. of Ruthless is, I think that's what your channel mm -hmm. is. So I think that's really cool that you that you want to play Ruthless. I would love to see your uh, your approach to zero loot and how you would, it's, I don't know, maybe magic gonna, find. And, yeah, and, I'm, I'm going to reference Balor on this. Uh, he's talked about this before. The game is fun. What, what makes this game fun is not how fast you move and how much loot you get. It's It's the ceiling. It's wherever that ceiling is. And it's being able to move as fast as it allows you to move. Being able to get as much loot as it allows you to get. And trying to push the limits on whatever that limit is. I don't care what the limit is. We could be dropping 100 times less loot. I'd still be having a great time. Because whatever loot I'd be getting would be the most I could try and get at whatever that ceiling is. That's what, that's the, what makes... That's what floats bit, my boat, anyway. And sounds bad that you're avoiding saying is it's not important how much I get. It's important that I get more than, than the person next to me. <laughs> You've said that too. Yeah. And I admit it. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's a competitive, it's a competitive approach. And I don't, I don't care about bossing. I don't care about racing. That's not the competitive side that I care about. I care about getting more loot than, than the person next to me. Absolutely. And I do enjoy showing people how to do it. I do enjoy like the showcasing and the teaching aspect of it and everything. But yeah, at the end of the day, I want to be one of the best at it. And you know, that has nothing to do with content creation. That's just the way I prefer to play the game. The way I played the game years ago in ARPGs in the past. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I think it's still from a content creation perspective. And uh, also, if I wasn't a content creator, I find getting more info about PUE2 extremely thrilling. If I have to disagree with you on that, then so be it. But uh, I definitely <laughs> would like some clarifications around the mercenary reveal because, I mean... Ah, that's what it was. Mercenary, yes. Yeah, exactly. I tried to interject it when you said you didn't remember the exact name, but... Hey, it's a bow build. I'm excited for bow builds. Are you kidding me? Well, I mean, they did say it's at some yet. point that there's never going to be guns in Path of Exile. And now, for an, all intents and purposes, <laughs> well, the mercenary is essentially uh, wielding it's gun guns. Sounds. They even said it was gun sounds. So, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to get some details around, like, what, what is their thought process there? Like, why did they find 
that they didn't want to have guns in PoE just a couple of months, years ago, and now that we have that reveal, like, I want to know what's going on there, what the design goals are, and uh, yeah, I think there's going to be plenty of interesting stuff. And uh, the fact that the game is so far away didn't bother me when they first revealed it at ExileCon. Um, it didn't bother me with this ExileCon and when I went to Gamescom, and it probably will not bother me when I watched the interview tonight. But I do agree with you guys, and pretty much everyone I've talked to about that agrees that the PoE2 content reveal should have been separate from the Affliction content reveal. Because like getting all the people hyped to show up for Affliction and to then like dedicate half of the time to a completely different topic that is, yeah, it's slightly related because it's the same game, it's a sequel, but... They could have given it five minutes, maybe ten minutes at the most. Wouldn't have bothered me. I actually went back and looked at the VOD to see my own reaction to see uh, what, at what point had, had I become fed up with this <laughs> reveal. And why was I fed up? I was actually examining my own behavior in that because I thought it was interesting. I, I had such a visceral reaction to it. I couldn't even fully understand why I felt that way. And so I went back through and watched the VOD. And, and it was around the five to eight, eight minute mark somewhere in there. It, it began. Where I started to be like, okay, guys, what, what are you doing here? <laughs> but anyway, this is kind of meta, but yeah. No, that, that's completely fair. If they had done just a three to five minute segment, it'd be like, guys, look out for a new video coming out where we dedicate all the time and all our production efforts in the video to showing you guys new stuff about PoE2. It would have been much easier to take. But, you know, I, since there's so much like unison around this topic like everyone i've talked to says that that they didn't enjoy how much time they dedicated to it maybe they'll do it separately next time i mean there's no shortage of interest in poe2 it's not like they have to shove it in there just so it gets some views mm -hmm. right they just right. thought it would be appreciated by the community to have like a sort of mini exilcon online like a, a reveal festivity if you will where they they, they bundle up a bunch of different reveals and like if well, people it, don't like it, it. Wasn't, it wasn't so big a deal that they had to wheel cart Chris Wilson out on a, ver a variety of podcasts, including yours, to do an apology tour for how bad the Awakening Gems were nerfed or, or whatever it was <laughs> that happened that one time. <laughs> whatever happened to all those interviews Interesting. that he was going to do? I wouldn't mind a, an apology tour just to be able to. Yeah, you know, it, <laughs> in a masochist sense, I kind of wish they were just completely dog the game one league so that he could do, come out and do that so we'd see his face a little more but uh i don't know what happened to what happened to chris wilson we don't see his face much anymore mm -hmm. i suppose he's going to be faded uh phased out slowly out of the, the you know the front facing role like he's, he's still be doing faded, it because faded unconnections <laughs> Well, I mean, we've done, like, the, the Ziggy D post-reveal Q&A has always been a one-on-one -on -one Ziggy with Chris in the last mm -hmm. couple of leagues. And now this yeah. time they brought on uh, Jonathan and Rory, right? And that does make sense because those guys are actually actively involved with the creation and design of the game. Like, the stuff that is being talked about. Well, Chris would just be there as a, you know, meta role because everyone knows his face and his voice, but he has to do all the research to be able to answer the questions and he needs like an entire team of people behind him. Sure, like Rory and, and Jonathan also have people catering to them so that they can be the best that they possibly can on a podcast or in an interview situation, but they are also like much more hands-on with the actual development of the game. 
How many times did I say actually in that paragraph? Enough. <laughs> well. I don't know. Well, basically, I'm just excited about this interview. If you guys are not, then that's fine. Uh, people uh, in chat were probably just as unaware as you were, Snoo, that the, this thing is going to happen. So I just wanted to bring it up because between the time of this podcast releasing and the time of this interview, there's still a little bit of a cushion so that anyone who is interested has the chance to tune in if they missed it. Now, if you've missed any of this podcast, it is uploaded in full, of course, on my YouTube channel, as well as Spotify as a video version and on various other platforms as an audio version. Um, I want to thank Snoobay and Arrow for coming on today to enlighten us with all the, the perspectives and all the insider knowledge, because I've certainly learned a lot on today's podcast, and I hope so have our viewers and listeners. If you have, then I'm sure those content creators would appreciate it if you seek out their respective channels and press the buttons to follow, like, subscribe, and all the goodness, just as much as I appreciate it if you do that for this podcast. And if you can't go out of your way to purchase a paid subscription, you can always listen to podcasts two or three or four times on YouTube without an ad blocker. That's very appreciated. Just let it run in the background. Make it make it a, a celebration of podcasting culture and... Uh, Enjoy the coziness of our voices running in the background as you drop countless divines employing yeah, like we said earlier. Strats. Great to have it in the background when you're in the zone. Great, great to have it there. Yeah, I do it all the time. Not gonna seriously. Yeah, good shit. Um, yeah. Any any closing remarks? Any uh, sort yeah. of. Thank you. Thank you for having me again. Um, this is always uh, a lot of fun. I love chatting with people. Uh, chatting poe with you guys and snoo it was great to to finally meet you so yeah for yeah Th thanks for the interesting topics uh especially i think uh we discussed a few interesting topics on this one had a few different points of view or at least presented a few different points of view so hopefully it was an interesting podcast for everybody uh to listen to i had fun with it here and uh i i'm in absolutely high spirit not because of the season actually but just because this incredible league is absolutely dedicated to me and to Arrow, evidently, in a totally different way. But uh, and to Balor Mage, who really loves Ultimatum, absolutely dedicated to him too. <laughs> R.I.P. But yeah, that's all I got. Thanks for having me. It's been a lot of a lot of fun. Right. Uh, are you going to continue your stream after this new? Because uh, then I'll, I will not. I, it's uh, twelve thirty a.m. right now. So one thirty a.m. Okay. Uh, I just yeah. wanted to make sure before I, you know, send you all the the viewers, and then uh, you're just. You try um, arrow maybe he's gonna stay stick around yeah, yeah I mean, right you up. said 8 a.m okay yeah well but if i Do end it. the stream i need to he's the lucky guy can you start the stream right now while we're still I on can. the show so i can rate i can yeah oh man Lights i have that. the technology Lights back on yeah that's good because then i'll, I'll do that I just need to transfigure this stream over to the other one all right well here we go starting the stream Press the wrong button and showed you my end screen. Oh wait, that's the wrong again. Second. <laughs> oh, there he uh, is. The magician's build. Oh, <laughs> right, right. Okay. So you're live, Arrow? I am live, yeah. Perfect. And I'm pressing the button. It's uh, A E R zero underscore underscore, right? Yes. Yes. Okay, I got it. I got if it. If I had a your famous for every outro. time someone misrated me, I would uh 
<laughs> rated the arrow with no underscores. Uh, I'd have a I'd have a bunch of nickels. I'll throw the ultra up on screen right now. Definitely. Yep. Good, good. Well, thanks yeah, again for being there. It was great to talk to you. We're probably not going to see each other before the new year, so have a, a glorious 2024, uh, 2024 and transition to that. And, uh, you know, I hope you're on the other QE, side. Yeah, definitely. Continue this upwards trend, and I'll see you for the next one. Bye-bye, guys. Uh, this is Bye -bye. the thing that I press now. I know a lot of people want to send blankets or water. Just send your cash.